this week in league, it's 9.20, and with the Count's retirement, the NRL is down to his last toey human waiting to spurt sauce. Using the Buzz Rothfield scale of measuring broadcast talent, we've awarded ourselves 30 out of 10. Titans unveil their new Centrelink of excellence. And we preview all of the action for round 22 of the 2014 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 166 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, uh, feedback mailbag for this week, and uh, we'll start with Twitter. The Ben Zed. Two-parter, this one. Very sick of Tiger's drama. Potter slash Farrah nonsense belongs on daytime TV. Stop sulking, Robbie, and turn up each day. Hash, grow up. I Part tend one. to agree with most of the sentiment. Part two. Equally, dramas at Manly. Wish media would just leave clubs alone instead of trying to run e-news. Hash, let's just play footy. Yeah, I think sometimes they struggle for content. And I think they look oh. at some of the some of the uh, pay TV channels in the States covering NFL or NBA or whatever, and they don't... Given that there's 32 fucking teams, mm-hmm. they probably don't struggle for content so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so making mountains out of molehills and... and 32 teams with 54 lists, you know, or something, players on the, yeah, on yeah, the top exactly. lists and like... And the college, you know, yeah. Just, just, just while you're I didn't have this written down as like an article or anything, but fucking talking about scrambling for content, I saw just, just before you came over tonight on Twitter that there was um, someone, a journalist, or, you know, they were talking about that poem that fucking Ashley, Adam Ashley, fucking whatever his name is, the, the rugby player wrote Adam to Ashley his, Cooper. Adam Ashley Cooper wrote to his teammates, like a poem. I don't know what the poem is. I just saw this as a reference to this poem, apparently. Right. I'm not aware of the poem <coughs> yeah, either, but yeah. I'm listening. And so he, he made a comment, something about, you know, like, NRL players. Um, it's like the Jaws poster. Are you wearing cookie a monster. Cookie Monster shirt? Yes, I am. It's like the Jaws poster. Except it's a Cookie Monster. Instead of I, Jaws, it's I a cookie. I see that. I see that. Instead Thank chi- you for pointing it out. Instead of a chick paddling about to get smashed, it's a, it's cookie. a cookie. So there you go. Are you five? Yes. Okay. I have children, and sometimes I wear stuff See, that my children might like. and it's good enough for me. <laughs> Please <laughs> for Polly. <laughs> Put and one inside of me. <laughs> this for fucking, and they're sitting next to me. <laughs> now, the, uh, there's, there's this thing was talking about the poem, and then uh, they went on to... Um, Something like saying like you know NRL players you know couldn't you know couldn't also, a guy replied and said something like I don't know how Greg Bird got involved but a guy replied and said basically something like you know NRL players are, are too dumb and you know fucking glasses misses you know like, oh, yeah went yeah, on to all that gotcha and then Bird's replied with a a poem or something like you know a rhyming thing about basically saying like you know you're all smart on Twitter but you know if you came face to face you know it's like something like online you know you think you're really funny but you know if you came face to face you'd be a scared little bunny or something something like that yeah yeah and um. That's just like a little fucking three-tweet total exchange between journalist troll and Greg Bird. Gotcha. Fucking article on Daily Telegraph. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> so that's that's just illustrates you're struggling for content scenario that you just fucking put forward. Uh, CA photo 10. Manly flying, roosters improving, eels winning. As a Dogs fan, really looking forward to the AFL final series. <laughs> uh, Mup 23. Twitter and This Week in League are the only redeeming features of the NRL this year. Everything else can get fucked. 
I remember... That was six hours ago. I remember a tweet from Mup. Yes. Earlier in the season. I'm not listening to it, yeah. I, I don't listen to the show anymore. Someone said something about, did you hear what they said about you on this weekend? Like, I don't listen anymore. Yeah. Much like that dashing Dan fucking retired cricketer fuckhead. Yeah, yeah. He's gone the way of, you know, the Benodes and the Warns and the fucking Richies. Now, like, put himself on a pedestal now that he's retired from too, cricket. Too busy trying to become the Kerry O'Keefe of community radio. Exactly right. Um, you know, oh, I don't listen to the show anymore. Yeah. They all come back. They well, all Mup, come Mup back. Mup sent that tweet. The reason he sent that tweet is basically to suck our dicks so that he'd hear his name on the show this week. Exactly right. And, he, you know, and so it shall be. Oh, and he's put a hashtag on it. Hash Twill Fave Tuesday. <laughs> so it's become a thing now. So I'll, I'll fuck with people just fave their shit. Just get, get, fave everyone so they listen. I love listen. how people think we put that much thought into it. <laughs> I mean, I do a process. Like, I'll fave anything, like, half decent. But then there's a lot of criteria that it comes down to. Like, one person's not getting all the tweets on there, you know, if they've had too many. So there's a number of criteria to get on the show. Matty T underscore 78. Stoked I'm not the only one that hates Hadley gibbering about NRL. Much rather hear Vossi. Hash, fuck Hadley off my TV. Hash, fluff Vossi's balls. I saw someone make a good point about Hadley commentary, which is it's great for radio. Oh, it's great for radio, yeah. Because, but they actually described, you know, like he's up over the thirty, he's tackled on the ten, you know, he's tackled fifteen meters out from his. Well, we can see all that, Ray. Yeah. You know, and it it just he has not adjusted one fucking bit. Oh, he, no, he has adjusted. He, I'd say he's adjusted a, a, a bit. Really? But yeah, not not as much as he needs to. to and be, I love his commentary on radio. I, I think Ray Hadley is a cock. Mm. I think he's an arrogant tool and he's a bully on the radio. But as far as he's strictly speaking, his rugby league commentary on the radio, I actually think it's quite good. Yeah, it's not as good as it's not as good as any guys on the ABC, in my opinion. Okay. Well, any guy in the main control, like I David, grew up like David the... Morrow and Peter Wilkins and like Peter Wilkins back in the day. I grew up with the two UE continuous cork team. Yeah, see, I know because that you know it's only been in reasonably recent times that we've been able to listen to that yeah. up here when they've had a syndication with a Queensland station or, you know, online, that sort of thing. So I was always it was always Grandstand ABC for me back in the day. So, you know, you had your Jim Maxwell and, and uh, Peter Wilkins. Warren Boland? Still yeah, running around these days? Yeah, yeah. I remember Warren Boland used to do the calls on the on the ABC. On the Saturday game. On the TV game, yeah, yeah, with Artie. And oh, he had Tommy with him too at times, didn't he? Oh. Depending on the era. I remember the first game at Arana Park, Parramatta playing Western Suburbs Magpies, Rod Petherbridge. Yeah. Just uh, carved up that day. <laughs> carved up like a true like a true champion of the people that he was. And let me tell you, while I'm giving some credit to the ABC, to the main the main call team, they're fucking fringe ones when they might, you know, cross to a game. Like, say, for example, the main game that would have been, I mean, since these guys have been assholed out of there for being racist and stuff, Dave Moore and Warren, Warren Ryan... They would do like the match of the round, like the Sunday three o'clock game. But if that game started to turn into a, you know, forty nil flogging, they might cross to the last ten minutes of another game that's exciting and come down to the wire. And the people who are doing those games for like the regional affiliates, sometimes they are fucking atrocious. And the perfect case in point is I was listening to Mick Tracy. I was doing, yeah, <laughs> I was doing some, I was doing some, some uh, running around Sunday afternoon, and I was listening to the Souths portions of the South Newcastle game up in Cairns they had the the sideline I believe the side who was a sideline I might have been Laurie Spina and uh, he was fucking disgraceful um, the main guys I'm not sure who they were but they were terrible like you know you had like the I mean I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to say that I'm the fucking most knowledgeable 
cunt about how to pronounce people's names and, and you know sometimes we'll fuck them up to be funny sometimes you know whatever you'll fuck them up because you're but, not very but smart but like you, you guys like you know the the, 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 the matter your tier brothers like the, you know there's, there's about 400 of them in the NRL at the moment <laughs> the variations of that fucking name that I heard within a five minute period from the same cunt <laughs> saying it we had like we had we had like Matty Utah which is how they sort of started until you realise there's IA at the end not yeah. AI then 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 there's like Matawadi Oh, like wow. literally like it was a fucking some some weird branch of the Hopawati tree oh fucking what else they managed they managed to butcher it probably in about six different ways each more creative than the last and that that's I mean we're going to talk about the rating of the personalities later but those cunts get fucking zero in my, like that, actually I'd bury them under the fucking table I'd give them negative ten <laughs> worst I've ever heard in my life and that includes like you know you know other NRL podcasts and things like that worse than all that <laughs> <laughs> Jake underscore Chook worst round of NRL in years look I'm not going to say in years because the Cronulla and the, and, uh, and Parramatta game actually bore out some exciting shit whereas traditionally that game would have been like 11-0 to Cronulla and yeah, it would have been fucking atrocious 7-3 yeah exactly so I, don't, I can't say it's the worst but yeah it did have a it did have a feeling to it I'm not going to lie it did have you know Although, you know, you had the games like... It was a shit game, the the Raiders and the Warriors game. I mean, it's still some, you know... There's a lot of fucking points scored. A lot of points scored. It's, it's fucking exciting to see some good tries. Garbs, 1985. What's this I hear of Robbie Farris spit-roasting some chick? Look, that's the... the, the alleged. Alleged. Well, look, put it this way. I'm prepared to say it's not an alleged sex... I mean, it, it, it fucking clearly exists, exists slash existed at some stage. Uh... I've heard Farrah mention numerous times in relation to it, so I'm pretty pretty safe to say that that's kind of concrete as well. And uh, someone was saying, you know, that was was the other one Josh Morris was you know potentially the other the other uh, vertical stick on the wobbly age. Oh, I thought you were going to say Robbie. Robbie was spit roasting Josh Morris. Josh Morris. <laughs> it could could be could wow. be. I saw a, I saw an article. Thought Robbie had better taste. I saw like one of those blind news articles. I can't remember where it was in rugby league week or whatever. They're saying like the tape exists, existed, and it was center circulating around players, but the players that circulated too have deleted it, and somehow miraculously it has not found its way to social media. So it might be just a bit. Grayson lucky. Goodwin hasn't had his hands on it, obviously. <laughs> yeah, he didn't send, don't send do that motherfucker. He'll fucking sell it for sixty nine ninety five. <laughs> Anthony Hornby 80 remember when Stuart was linked to the Broncos why didn't that happen <laughs> could you imagine if it had have and the results had have been similar to it wouldn't just be sacked the, the uh, thoroughbreds would organise his assassination that's how they roll that club would shutter its doors and then we'd usher in the new year of Brisbane Bombers or whatever they are <laughs> Look, I can't say that I'm against it. I, I, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see that in an alternative universe. Ricky Stewart coach Bronco side. <laughs> and have we fucking players? They'd be leaving. They'd be gone, signed away for next year. The fans, would, you know, as they like to do, you know, they'd, they'd find a way to justify it. Yeah, but even Canberra fans are past that justifying. Imagine, I mean, imagine Mr. Wars with Ricky Stewart as the No, he'd just blow up. I mean, like he blew up about the hook thing. I mean, he's, he's not afraid to blow up against the club. Oh. Although he did, he did say if, if Hook got fired, he was like, you know, wasn't he? Wasn't getting, he going to get like, nude? You know, he was not. He was not. Tie himself into a shape and, like a pretzel. We'll see if he renews his membership anyway. Uh, bleed green. He's got decent seats. I don't know why he'd ever yeah. let them go. 
bleed green underscore underscore because there's obviously thousands of people called bleed green on Twitter. <laughs> Just got into the podcast a few weeks ago, guys, and I love it. Hashtags in decline. Well, you're clearly a cock, but welcome aboard. With your excellent use of hashtags, you have clearly, clearly acclimatised to this week in league environment most excellently. Beerboy182 sent us a couple of tweets over at the Sharks game. Just got asked to be in the halftime entertainment at the tip of Ramonda Stadium to represent the Sharks. Hash pray for Beerboy. <laughs> uh, later on, he sent a tweet with himself, you know, with all his bones intact. That uh, lost the tug of war 1-2. Uh, feet gone numb and splinter in my hand. I guess that's a victory. No busted foot. Let me tell you, you know why his feet went numb? What was that? Wearing fucking thongs. At Ramondas. At Ramondas in the middle of fucking winter. <laughs> um, yeah. it's, I'm surprised he didn't get pneumonia. He's beer boy. Frostbite. He's beer boy, not rocket science boy. Yeah, well, oh, true. <laughs> Slurious. Hashtag of the season. Hash. Can't spake. Leaves R-Popsh in its wake. No. Well, I'm not gonna. Let, I'm gonna be real Hang with you right second. now. Hash R pops was never gonna fucking finish in the top twenty. Hashtags. No, it's 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 audiences fairly, fairly select. There's about three people who would ever ever be probably find themselves in a position to use that hashtag. Correct. Facebook. Saguna. Saguna. This question should turn a few heads. Last week, you guys talked about Glenn being on a people to kill list. So I put, it to, I put this to you. Who would be on your top five Tool Nation fan hit list? I'm guessing Chapo and IGB would be on the list somewhere. <laughs> I would never kill any listeners of this show. It's the cunts that don't listen to the show that I want to kill. Yeah. You know, like your hodlers and those fuckheads. Yeah, there's a few people that um, have, have been fucking fairly repugnant towards the show without ever really fucking taking the time to actually listen to it or support it or whatever, so... Yeah, and then people who, you know, who, you know, we were supportive of and that, and then they, uh, you know, when when their podcast, you know, was the only one on the block, they were very supportive to us, and we were, and we likewise would shout them out, and then when we got to be number one, and then they were nowhere to be found in the top 150, 200 podcasts in sports and recreation, then they turned into little fucking catty bitches. Yeah, I don't know that I'd want to kill them. No, I don't want to kill them. I mean, put it this way, when you block and unfollow, I mean, it's fantastic. I have a, yeah, I, I have a, a fairly extensive list of people I'd like to punch in the face. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that just, normally, that's like a day-to-day life thing. I, I tend to keep the podcast and you know, people life. like that. <laughs> I, I keep that as a separate sort of entity. I find that a, a little professional pursuit rather than, you know, I try not to take it too personally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, <laughs> then we got another one. But some cunts do get to me, so they do transcend and make it onto the list. But the, no punch, one, the punch in the face the list. The punch though. in the face list. I haven't got a kill list No one's yet. really gone to a kill list. It's a, yeah. big, it's, a, it's a big step to take to kill someone. Trust me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm from Ed's. <laughs> you, would kill, you would kill people before you're off the tit. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Timbrell. I fucking hate cunts that don't put tips in and get away teams too. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Word and someone replied who's I don't his name escapes me at the moment but uh, yeah I think next the next time I'm going to go into the configuration of the the footy tips the tipping competition and ins- will ensure that that people who forget to put their tips in get nothing they can suck it which is going to fucking hurt you a lot <laughs> Dennis Valente over on Facebook and why was he on Facebook? To comment on last episode and say lack of at Unky D tweets bummed this episode down. He that was in reply to someone who's actually friends with 
the father of two of the boys in Springfield Panthers under seven whites. Well, that was, it was actually it was just a reply on our thing. Though. It wasn't like indirect reply to this guy. I don't think it was just oh, okay. uh, it was just posted after that one. But yeah, I've got him. Don't worry. I got him. Okay. Jason Parker's the name of your person, okay. the person you're talking about. Yeah. I saw, I did notice that he's from Ipswich or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I listened to your show last night. It was shit. Thanks for your input. Well, you know, you're probably not listening right now, so oh, yeah. So you're probably not going to be able to hear my sage advice of telling you to fucking you know, gobble the dick up to your hiccup. Fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Know who you are, but you're out of Ipswich, so quite frankly, hey, 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 what? Hey, Springfield's part of the Ipswich Council, mate. Oh, is it? It's not part of Ipswich City, though. Take fucking easy. (laughs) Well, it's funny, you know, we're looking at sort of that map on the um, on Brisbane Times or something, you know, the couple of weeks ago where they had like you know, uh, hot spots of like sex offenders (laughs) and where all the sex offenders were. Ipswich ranked very highly on that list, Jason Parker. So maybe. Just maybe. <laughs> Just be careful. because you, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm going to say the probability of you... <laughs> is higher. ...getting fucking molested <laughs> by a dirty fucking rock spider. Is higher in Ipswich than it would be... Yeah. ...west of Ipswich. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Email. I'm Glenn Blakely, and I don't make a great deal of sense when I'm tired. Okay, so we've got an email from fucking... Hey, guys, I'm a big fan. Who's... who's What's his name? Timmy. Timmy McIntyre. Oh, right. I hope, I hope, I'm pretty sure he's okay to reveal who it was, because it's nothing too bad. Talking about the player sledging that we had last week, we were talking about, you know, the, the best slams you put on players. Obviously, Timmy's... You know he'd be mad for fucking slamming players. And sure enough... The not, year was... Not, I mean, slamming players or sledging players, because... Sledging players. He'd love to slam if Well, 20 players. bucks, 20 bucks. Well, exactly right. The year was 2003 slash 04 at the World Sevens in Sydney. I was 14 at the time. Whoever was running it had the teams go around the field and up the stand where they were signing autographs and posing for photos. Well, the Bulldogs team walked right past me and my brother and we gave it to them, calling them cheats and continued to boo them as, as they walked past. Steve Price was laughing at us, gave us a bit back. About an hour or so later, he walks past us. I didn't think that I needed his autograph, but it turns out I did. I kindly asked Steve for one. He replied, you're fucking kidding me, right? Then my brother said, oh, come on, mate. Use a win or cheat the comp again. So we got his autograph as Matt Utai. <laughs> <laughs> Second one. And this is a two-parter. The second one is from my mum years ago when Brett Kamali was at Northern Eagles. Remember those days, Nate? Oh, no, I actually repressed most of it. After the game, the whole family was outside at SFS waiting for players to leave and grab photos and whatnot. Hang on, she didn't ask Tim and his brother to go and amuse themselves for half an hour, did she? No, no, it's not that kind of story. As we were waiting for players, not knowing we were standing next to the Kamali family, my brother oh. was asking when the Northern Eagles players were coming. Before neither of my parents could answer, Craig Kamali said, Brett Kamali, they said, uh, Brett Kamali, he's doing a drug test. And quick as she was, my mother said, why the hell is he getting tested? He played so shit, he's kidding himself. As, oh. all, as awkward as it was, they walked over where the players were walking out. Brett walks over talking to his family. Craig laughs and points over to my family and you can hear him say, yeah, she said it. And we thought nothing more of it. <laughs> Many years later, Brett Kamali is an assistant coach at Canberra Raiders, and he comes up to the Raiders, comes up with the Raiders players who don't make the first grade team for the week and play for Mounties for that week. The first night, all the Mounties players are doing a captain run. Brett was up. He's looking at me for a while on and off, and then bam, he calls me over and asks, "How's your mum going?" <laughs> <laughs> we both laughed it off. Holy shit! What a memory! And then he produced a DNA test. 
No, that part. <laughs> I was out of that part because, I mean, you know, we need more stories about how, you know, how your mothers were impregnated by players and they're actually your dad. <laughs> Jack oh. Cogger's probably got a great story to tell on that. <laughs> Cogger was conceived via immaculate conception, Nathan. So he, so he has no, he, he has no connection to to golden balls. Then, is that what he's saying? Of course he does. He's the son of God. Okay. <laughs> he was born in fucking manger in Newcastle, <laughs> all the surrounding areas. <sighs> what about? Would you have picked Prep Kamali to have a memory like that? Like a fan oh, sledge. Jeez, yeah, he must have fucking that. That, that to me cut, says cut me real deep, Shrek. Yeah. <laughs> That must have that must have really like really stayed with him like that. Oh, that must have. How been, fucking dare she? How could that be the worst thing that Brett Kamali's ever fucking heard about his play? Oh. Really, honestly. Anyway, uh, membership stuff. Uh, there's going to be another batch of stuff going out this week. So if you're waiting on your membership or if you just ordered recently and there's been a couple come through, then by all means, it should be leaving. Well, well, it will be leaving this week, so you should be getting it later in the week or early next week. So, all good. Um, still got memberships left. Don't make me send Glenn over to the fucking cupboard. Oh, fuck. And wouldn't we hear about it again? Uh, yeah, I'd, and, and do another count. We need to I can't it. believe I paid all this money to listen to this podcast and hear you count t-shirts. Shut up. It's fucking free, dickheads. Yeah, so, and on the, on and, and in that vein, support the show. <laughs> Buy a membership if you haven't already. We really appreciate the people who have bought them. I mean, you're fucking legends and love you love yous all. Those who haven't, A, what's fucking wrong with you? And B, fucking do it. Please. Didn't Three, Dennis please. Valente even put his hand in his pocket? Or he hasn't done it yet? Uh, I don't remember. His brother has. Let me tell you a story the about the Valente Andy brothers. The, the exotic Andy Siggs. He's been listening to the yeah. show for like, for two-fifths of fuck all of a the week. The Valente brothers are like, you know, Mario and fucking Luigi. Right? Right. Um, but, you know, Luigi is generally the, you know... He may as well be Mario's poor cousin rather than his brother. Yeah. So, uh, Dennis... There's no Princess Peach fucking Poontang for, for Luigi. Princess Peach Poontang? Yeah. Well, that sounds... Well, well I see Mario's got fucking saved, doesn't he? Is that right? Yeah. How does that work? Clearly, well, Dennis, he gets to Unky sa- D... He gets to save her and, fu- and fucking Luigi's just like, you know, in his, in his bed and you can just hear the waters fucking just... The bed board next door, and just... that's how Mario rolls. <laughs> I'm a Mario. <laughs> <laughs> My point is, you are fucking Luigi until you put your hand in your pocket. And Andy, Mario, all the way. <laughs> or if you want to take the, the the twins, the twins example, Andy Siegs at the moment, he's fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger all the way, and uh, they're not and, twins, are they? And Dennis Valente, he no, no, they're not. But I'm just saying, if you want to take that fucking. The, Andy's the Arnold Got Schwarzenegger ya. of, the, of yeah, the Brotherhood at this point, and Dennis Valente is the, is the Danny DeVito. Yeah, exactly right. I agree with what you're saying. Fuck if they were twins. Jesus. Didn't Dennis get the fucking short end of the stick? <laughs> well, you can't say there's a shortage of Unky D's this week. <laughs> And the first story in this one, once again, I've got to say, the NRL this year has been phenomenal in terms of delivering the big stories 
no later than Tuesday afternoon and helping us out so we can have it before the time that we're going to record the show. <laughs> I remember in previous years and last year, so much awesome shit would happen on a Thursday. Remember that B used to point it out every week? And I'd be uploading <laughs> the episode and then boom, fucking depth charge, something's going on. Boom, the Melbourne Storm get fucked over the salary cap. Oh, shit. <laughs> so. Oh, shit. This year. <laughs> yeah, shit. Who says that? Huh? Where's the reference? Fuck, if I know. But I'm one of, you know Matty. <laughs> That's what he says all the fucking time. What is it? Where's it from? It is a, uh, it's from The Wire, which I'm pretty sure you haven't seen. Any no, it must be from something else as well, or something similar. That's what I was using. I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty iconic, but I mean, maybe other people have done stuff like it. Fucking as well. So my little friend Matthew has been saying that as long as it's I've Matty, been... Isn't it Matty that come down with the UFC that time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a funny cunt. He is a funny motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> we had some good times on the piss that weekend. Yes, yes we did. <laughs> All right. So, the gold that the NRL delivered today... John Cartwright has fallen on his sword, ending his eight-season reign as a Titans Foundation coach, and his longtime ally founder, Michael Searle, who still owns 40% of the Titans, has resigned from the board and his role as Executive Director of Football. Cartwright's tenure as the Titans' inaugural mentor is over. After tendering his resignation following the 28-8 loss to the Cowboys on Saturday night, he has informed the playing group of his decision. It is believed assistant coach Neil Henry will take over the remains for the, the remains, <laughs> the reins for the remainder of the season. <laughs> Whoop, that's a slip. The, for the remainder of the season, with the former Cowboys coach a front runner to take over full time in 2015, the Titans, as they did, made uh, made it formal this afternoon as a media at a media conference. The 48-year-old was ostensibly a dead man walking after the club last month announced that we conduct a sweeping internal review of the Titans' operations. Cartwright had another two years to run on his contract, but decided to go out on his terms. With the Titans confronting a fourth consecutive season as also rans. Um. So, well, this is the Penrith legend was hailed as a 20-year coach by Titans hierarchy after he steered the club to a 2010 grand final qualifier, ensuring he received a five-year extension. But the Cartwright epoch is officially over after the Gold Coast slumped their ninth loss in, past, in their past 11 games against the Cowboys. So, yeah. Look, let me say five-year deals fraught with danger, for starters. Mm-hmm. Um, it breeds complacency, and there's no place for complacency in a head coach of an NRL club. And I think that's where the Titans got to with John Cartwright. I think he was fairly comfortable. Um, one of his mates was his boss. Uh, and I just think he, he he stopped coming up with new, fresh ideas for the playing group. And it all just got a little bit easy to, to collect the cash and go through the motions without any real pressure to keep his job. And ultimately, that's what hmm. about his undoing. Maybe he did his best. Maybe he was doing his best and he's just shit coach. That's another possibility. Yeah, there has been a... They had some success in the first few seasons, yeah. I think, and, uh, you know, finals appearances, a couple, couple of finals, finals appearances. Yeah, they had that one year where they had a really good run and got to the grand final qualifier. Yeah. And then got blasted out. Um, so, look, he, he he does have some results on the board, and um, there are a few other people with, with worse records as far as NRL coaches go, but you couldn't say that he didn't have a fair old run at the Titans. A great run. Eight plenty years. of plenty of people with less results have been punted yep. after a shorter time span. So uh, he was given a fair crack, and and probably uh, owing to the fact that he, he's like I said, he was working for his mate. 
Yep. For a large part. And Searle will also depart the club he created. The former managing director has been under pressure to quit since nearly sending the Titans broke three years ago, amassing a staggering $25 million in debt. The ARL commission bailed out the Titans, but the Cartwright Searle era is now dead and buried. Yeah, Michael Searle's uh, checkered checkered time at the Titans. Uh, well, he was he was there. Former holder of the best top, of of the uh, two thousand probably fucking well, poison chalice, the best administrator the best, in the yeah, game, isn't yeah, it? One of the best one of the best operators in the game, I would. Yeah, poison, poison chalice, chalice because you look at uh, Greenberg as well. Greenberg's held it. He's uh, he's had some less than uh, legitimate dealings over the last couple of seasons himself that, that he's managed to weasel his way out of and, mm-hmm. and Searle, um, in large part as well, he was never really taken to task for some of the stuff that happened with, um, I think it was Alex Simpson, the builder. Yeah, the builder and the whole Scotty Prince thing. Yeah. Um, was never, you know, seemed to escape any real repercussions from that affair and, um, you know, the, the debt that was amassed at the Titans in a very short period of time, um, you know, made a lot of doesn't paint him as a very viable option, really, to be honest. No, well, there's sometimes, well, certainly in a business sense, there's that type of management sense that, you know, it's hang the expense. And yeah. and it, it can be successful if you have the right type of business that's generating they, the revenue. Yeah, and, but they incurred a lot of extra debt by building that building and, and you know, putting that centre of excellence with a, a view of developing that entire precinct around yeah, there. Yeah, I love the vision. Years later. I love the vision, but... Eight years later, there's still not a fucking car park there. It's still just dirt, except for the, you know, former centre of excellence and the train station. Exactly. And, I, I, as I said, I love the vision, but let's worry about, you know, your, your football club. Yep. Let's worry about getting performances from your team and putting bums on seats. Yep. Let's worry about that first. Never quite got that right. If you Before you're Mac- building fucking, you know... If you get a Macca's franchise going and stick it, plock it down in it. You know, on one of those patches of dirt outside that stadium between the train station and the field. Oh. You would fucking go why rich you, every second weekend. Why is it that you can buy Red Rooster and Gambaro's from Suncorp, but you can't get Maccas or fucking KFC or Red Rooster or something from from Seabus Stadium? And admittedly, I mean, that Red Rooster you eat at Lang Park, I mean, it's costing you about 60% more than it would at a fucking Red Rooster. But but the options there. At least you'd, yeah. you'd, you're aware that you're going to get a certain amount of consistent quality. Yeah, yeah. From the food, from a you know, I'm not saying it's fucking. They pizza they have they, uh, Eagle Boys pizzas at Seabus. I can't remember. Um, like little mini little pizza for one thing. Could be. Yeah. Could be. I don't know. I forget. Well, I just think there's a lot that can be done. All I remember um, is they cost twenty seven dollars <laughs> for a pizza the size of your fucking thimble. Um, I just think that there's a lot that could be done to improve the game day experience at Seabus Stadium. And, um, you know, ticket prices is one thing. And, and and I know that they have made some inroads there this season, as a lot of clubs have across the league, trying to put more bums on seats. There is a bit of an active effort. Uh, the Titans still have a ways to go, and um, it's not helped by some of their performances on the field either. But uh, they've both fallen on their swords, uh, essentially, Searle and Cartwright and... and you know, can't say they haven't had a fair run. Um, and, you know, safe to say that if, if they had put those sort of performances in the front office and, and from the coaching per- perspective uh, forward at some other clubs in the competition, they wouldn't have lasted this long. Now, I just want to go through Cartwright's coaching career briefly, uh, just up by ladder position. 2007, 12th. 2008, 13th. 2009, 3rd. 
knocked out in the second week of the finals after losing two consecutive games to Broncos and the Eels. And that was the Eels, of course, on their, their run. That was their run year. On their tear. Yep. Uh, 2010, fourth on the ladder and won the qualifying final against the Warriors and lost the prelim finals of the Roosters. 2011, 16th. Spoon. 2012, 11th. 2013, 9th. They get the spoon in 2010. It says they finished in 16th position. It's 2011, 16th position. Fuck, eh? Six, uh, wins, 6. Losses, 18. Jesus. Uh, where are we? 2013, 9th. It's funny because from that period, I mean, they, they plummeted down to 16th place in 2011. However... They got back up to 11th in 2012, 9th in 2013. They were on the upward trajectory, and in this year, currently 13, and who knows where that's going to end for them. Uh, so the career total for, for Cardi as a coach, and obviously there's the time he spent at the Titans, 191 games, 87 wins, 104 losses, no draws, win ratio 45.5%. Better than Ricky Stewart, I dare say. <laughs> Probably better than Mick Potter. Hang on a second. Tigers haven't won more than they lost that last two seasons, though. No. So you'd say they'd be, they'd, they'd, therefore they'd be under fifty percent. <laughs> therefore they could be potentially below forty five point five percent. You know, you, you can't just judge Mick Potter based on performance alone, Nathan. It's it's a very, uh, it's, it's almost a, an out of body experience coaching the West Tigers. And he did and, do uh, the hard work last year by asshole and Benji. Exactly. So yeah. Let's but, let's judge Mick Potter after eight seasons at the helm rather than. One and a half, one and two thirds. I I put I put it to you that Mick Potter will not even coach eight seasons of head coaching in the NRL. Well, fucking hell, we're going to remember that bet. <laughs> well, I'd say he's done in he's six done, years' time. He's done your like... You won't have to. Oh, two years, you'll be fucking done. <laughs> Within two years, I say, because it could well, be. What's the bet? What are you going to buy me? Oh, I don't know. I mean, what do you like? Early times? Probably bottle early times. Oh. Oh, fuck me, I'm appalled by that. <laughs> that's what you You've drink. said some really fucking people, that, horrible things to me yeah, over the years, Nathan, but that, that takes the cake. That's what you people drink, is it? <laughs> <laughs> You're such a Blakeleyist. <laughs> okay, next, um, this one. I don't know if you've seen this story, because we haven't discussed it. I don't know if you saw it today in the paper. Mark Geyer has called for the West Tigers <laughs> NRL club to drop the Tigers from their name and bring back the Magpies. The Balmain Tigers and West Magpies, both foundation clubs, merged in 1999 after members voted unanimously to unite to survive a cull of teams decided by the NRL following the Super League War. But according to Gaia, who played a season with Balmain, and that was when he was on meth and shit, wasn't it? Or was that when he went up to regional New South Wales? He was on the meth. Played for your minor bunnies, didn't yeah. he, there for a bit? Was that, was that when he was on the meth, when he was playing for your minor? I can't remember. He had the, you know, the tragic tale of drugs and everything after he you know, started going up shit. It's time the West Tigers became just Wests. Guy said on the grill team. Since they became one, West Magpies have been the poor brother of the Balmain Tigers and it's high time it stopped. Demographically, Western Suburbs has the monopoly on the juniors. Geographically, they have a supporter base to yearn for. Yet when it comes to catering for those fans, the four games they get this year in Campbelltown were the Cowboys, Broncos, Raiders and last night the Storm. On Monday night, the fans spoke with their feet in an act, I reckon, of defiance and frustration. They've had enough. Since 1999, when they merged, the magpie of the joint venture has been virtually lost, except for the inch-high magpie on the shoulder of their jersey. And what about the respective leagues clubs of this joint venture? One is thriving in Ashfield, while the other is an eyesore on Victoria Road, sitting like a vagrant. Mark Guy came up with the word vagrant? Yeah, clearly, he was reading from a prepared statement. <laughs> by, you know, someone much cleverer. <laughs> 
just fucking Christ. Um, I like Mark Iron. Generally, he's a fairly hard-hitting um, media personality. I was going to say journalist, but that's a bit of a fucking stretch. Yeah, go, um, go to university and, and yeah. earn your degree and fucking and do an internship and cadetship and all that stuff and call yourself a journalist. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, you've, you've hacked on him there fairly well, I'll give you that. He's a, he's a media personality he is, slash commentator and, and sort I, of thing. I generally, I like the way that he speaks from, you know, he shoots from the hip and, and wears his heart on his sleeve, but um, that's possibly one of the most retarded things I've ever heard in my life. Um, the, the fact that the West Tigers have operated for 15 years and, and gone to great lengths to... Uh, to, to build the, their entity as a, as a joint venture and and cater to both sets of fans and 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 yes I, I get all the the Wests and the, the verse the Balmain but to go back on that now after 15 years really bring back the Magpies oh and I'm I'm the most died in the wool Magpie there is but I just think yeah, why well, would you I waste 15 years of time. You're telling me you would not trade 15 years to get the fucking magpies back? I would I would support them with all I had, Nathan. With all I had. Well, but why are you being so resistant to because their Because I just think that you've, you can't resist change and you can't yearn for the past. Let's, let's have a look at West's record. What are we going back to? Why does everyone yearn for these times where we used to get fucking pumped every week? Oh, the Magpies, they were so fucking great in 1979. When was that make the grand final? 1970-something. Get why, the fuck over it. It's Western Suburbs. Yes, I'm sentimental. Yes, my dad was... Oh, it's great. We had such great times and I bonded with my father and it was fan-fucking-tastic. We never fucking won a thing. In my entire time of so supporting you're, them. So, so you're saying that, like, you know, you go back to the West and they're automatically going to start losing fucking tons of games and finish, like, you know, 13th, you know, 14th, 15th on the table. Well, h- how much different is it going to be? Yes, they'll probably have a more It'll be profitable you... front office and they'll have a more and a successful leagues club that they have already. It'll be the team that you loved, the team you grew up with, the team that your old man played for. All the fucking Blakely heritage is just fucking... It's, it's, it's enmeshed in the history of the fucking black and white Mighty Magpie. It is. And the results are the fucking same now anyway. You're getting pumped now. So... <laughs> I just don't get how Wouldn't people... you rather have your team and be pumped than, than have this fucking... <laughs> this bastard marriage of convenience between this one half of the cunts that aren't doing fucking shit and then the Maggie's fucking shouldering it all and getting none of the love. I just... At the end of the day... For all the successful league club, it it couldn't it couldn't save the fucking Magpies back in the day, could it? And West Campbelltown wasn't the Times entity. Times have changed. Times have changed. West Campbelltown wasn't the entity then that it is now. I understand it's very successful, it's very profitable, and quite a lucrative fucking player in the property market around the Macarthur region. And so, uh, so they 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 buy their time, they fucking regrouped, amassed their power. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that my first preference would be to go back on 15 years of work that the joint venture's done. I just rolled my fucking eyes in. Did you see that? Yeah, you look like a fucking poker machine. Yeah, I was, I was rolling my... Because you start off by saying, I'm the, I'm the most dyed-in-the-wall West fan. I, no, I put it to you. But I put it to you. No, change, I, I put it to you You need to not. be able to adjust and, and adapt and overcome. I put it to you that you're a fucking turncloak. 
and you fucking oh, come over this, you, you come over the, to Bal- the Balmain side, much like you crossed over to the Queensland side from state on state of origin side of things with your state trainer. That's that's a very hurtful thing to say. Tre- that you, treachery. You think I've turned my back on my. How many times have you heard me, you know, speak, you know, with glowing terms about growing up and talking about the Magpies and all the nostalgia and everything that comes with. You and know yet what when they push comes to shove, memories. When they need they someone, memories. When they need someone with that kind of fucking love and fucking and who was raised with the magpies when they need someone who's got a voice to speak out when the time is right you know where to be found <laughs> and honestly I'm not going to say it's in your blood because I know that your old man would not fucking stand for this fuckery that you're carrying on with right now he'd punch you fair in the fucking dick <laughs> <in> the <street. laughs> and, you know, and, and you know it wow and if he heard, but so I'm not going to say it's in your blood because I will not disgrace the memory of your father who would not sit on the fence <laughs> like this <laughs> You fucking get off your soapbox. You, you, Would you, you like a ladder to pop down off your high horse? Are you going to jump down off your own accord? I just, I, I, I just, <laughs> I, I just, I just feel, I just feel like that. You know, you, you. We're the West Tigers. We don't gain anything by going back to being the West Magpies. I don't. It's fifteen years now. Um, you know, it wasn't that many more years that I'd been supporting the fucking Western Suburbs Magpies of my lifetime. So. Um, There's the revelation of the 2014 NRL season. Glenn Blakely does not fucking love the Magpies as he's professed <laughs> over five years of this program. That is appalling. You make a good. You get a job with News Limited with journalistic talent like that. You don't even need to go to university. You can make up shit on the spot with the best of them. It's it's nostalgia. It's memories. It's in the past. Let's leave it there. We keep moving forward as the West Tigers. It's in your blood. You're denying what's in your blood. No. Mate, I've I've left shit behind that meant far more to me than Western Suburbs and Agpies <laughs> ever did and never fucking thought a thing, a thing about it. So, oh. once I put a line through something, mate, there's no fucking turning back. So, well, <laughs> And you know that that's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It is true. It is true. Okay. Are you finished now? <laughs> I, just, I love the fucking the fist on the desk and the pointing and the oh, fucking chest beating. Oh, I just, Bruiser I, I, would be so proud of you. I just feel like it was... It was I could see you. I could see him now looking over your shoulder like, going, was, he's fucking right, you know. He's like, right. Listen like, to Nate. It was like Whoopi Goldberg in Ghost. The fucking, he just possessed... He just jumped into my body just to really? tell you what a fucking cunt you've been. You don't start caressing me over Please, a potty, make... potter's wheel. I, don't... <laughs> I think we could, we could probably do without that. Son, you're making a cunt of yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Some fucking... You actually have been possessed by Bruiser. That's, that's actually something you used to say to me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot imagine why. Um, next story. Anthony Minicello. Champion player, origin legend. He's finally announced that he's going to retire. It was always, he sort of came on this year as like a one-year deal. It is official though. Uh, he made the announcement on, uh, I believe it was Monday when he made the announcement. Getting the days confused a little bit. 15 seasons in the big time and uh, he's had a fucking tremendous career. On his retirement though, he said, I, I regret nothing from my career. <laughs> I mean, 
expert in source, anyone. It's a decision I've thought long and hard about, and I think it's the right one for me and my family. The Roosters mean everything to me, and I feel very fortunate with the career that I've had. I've truly loved every minute of it, and I wouldn't be the man I am today without the Roosters and also Rugby League. It's been an absolute pleasure to play my entire career here at the Roosters. I arrived here as a 16-year-old boy, and 18 years later, I'm proud to be a one-club man, and he will be taking up a role with the club as of next year. And uh, when you look at his his record... Senior source birder. Yeah, he's currently played 294 games for the Roosters, second most of all time behind Luke Rickardson. And, you know, if the Roosters can get into the finals, he should crack his 300. And uh, he should, you know, depending on how far they would go, you know, he could, uh, well, he, theoretically, he could take that record if they go all the way. Um, we'll get to the grand final. So uh, week one of the final, there we go. Week one of the finals, he'll pass the 300-game milestone. So if they can get in the second week, he'll uh, tie. And I think he, you know, deserves the, the outright record, probably. You know, Rick, Rickardson was, a, you know, he was, a, he was a good player as well, but I mean, he was nef- he was let's nothing not like the count. No, no, let's not forget the time out he had with back injuries. Yeah. That yeah. almost fucking killed his career off. Yeah, yeah. Motherfucker would have, he'd be up there with Lockie, wouldn't he? Yeah, up there with Beaver, yeah, and Terry Lamb, and yeah, you'd think so, because I mean, he he would have, he only needed two more, full, two more full seasons to get, to he'd, do that. He yeah. lost easily that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. With injury. Um, I remember a time in, in Minicello's career where, I just I remember looking at him, watching him play games, and going, "That motherfucker's unstoppable." Like, Back in the day, he just doesn't make a mistake. He yep. like he would never drop a high ball. Yep. He'd always be in the right position, running at full pace, cleaning up grubbers, and being, you know, Johnny on the spot in every occasion, mm-hmm. never making mistakes. And then when he's running the ball back, he's always beats the first tackler, yep. and I'd, like, I just remember thinking, this guy is going to go down as an all-time great. And here we are, you know, with him announcing his retirement and everything he's achieved in the game, state of origin, test matches, premierships, um, you know, and... Golden boot, on top of that, Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, on top of that, short of his don't-you-know-who-I-am story that we had on the, the show last yeah. year. And um, landed his phone to gas. Yeah, and... To drop knowledge on, on chicks answering machines at <laughs> 3 o'clock in the morning. real talk. <laughs> Short of those, he's, he has kept a fairly uh, clean skin and um, he's certainly regarded as a, as a gentleman on and off the field, I feel. I haven't, he hasn't really committed any gross atrocities that, no. I'm, that, that have made the media anyway. I'm sure there's stuff that's going on behind closed doors that, uh, that may change that sentiment. But on the field... Um, a professional and and just a, a rare talent and possibly you know the lowest body fat percentage of any human alive possibly from a junior you know he grew up doing gymnastics I think and uh, his, his name may as well be fucking Sergei Minichelikov because <laughs> he looks like a fucking Ukrainian so he's made his debut high bars round 4 2000 versus the doggies <sighs> 294 NRL games to date, and he should crack the 300, you'd think. Yeah. 132 NRL tries, most of any rooster, 132 yeah. tries. 11 State of Origins, which is obviously massively cut short on what he would have got through. The fact that he came, he was injured at a time where there was a lot of guys at the fullback position, Yep. and by the time he was, you know, he's, he did spend a lot of time with issues with that back. Yep. And by the time he was back to somewhere near his best, there was guys, you know, that... You know, the Brett Stewart's, uh, Jared Haynes, and, and, and even before them, other players that 
uh, that had cemented their their position at the fullback. Yep, yep. So, uh, and and when you look at guys that you know, it's pre- presumably cracks his three hundred games, which there's no reason why he shouldn't. But um, we say like earlier in the season, like you get guys like you know John Morris, cracks mm. three hundred games, and how the fuck did that guy get three hundred games? And the Minichello, how the fuck is he not? Had his 300 games. Yeah. That's a guy that's deserving of it. Well, any anyone that can stay in the NRL for, for that period of time, regardless of their, their talent, or yep. lack thereof some, in some cases, um, in comparison to other players, is, is deserving of the of the accolades. But, you know, 300 games for Anthony Minicello um, on top of his representative honours and, and his premierships and his... Um, you know, his achievements in the game is, you know, I think history will judge him fairly fucking favourably. Oh, I agree, agree. And, do uh, we have a Hall of Fame? Other than the Immortals, do we have a Hall of Fame? Yeah, not so much. It's really just that Immortals thing, which is a very high bar, which I think is, pro- is you know... I, I think we need a Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. I really, I like that idea. You know, these guys are getting inducted into the NBA Hall of Fame and the, the NFL Hall of Fame and... and Boxing's Hall of Fame and things like that. That you know, it's not just Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson and yeah, you yeah. know, Jay Lewis and yep. people like that. Like guys that have fucking phenomenal careers that that aren't yeah, as hyped know, as like yeah. guys that Minicello would yeah. make the Hall of Fame. Probably yeah. not going to be an immortal, no, but worthy in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah, exactly. And um, the coach Trent Robinson said he's uh, one of the greatest. We have a photo on our wall of our greatest players and minis in there already. You don't fill that hole. Clubs roll on as we know and they evolve and do different things, but you don't try and fill it. We need to make sure we're working towards a pretty big, working towards a pretty big hole that's going to be left, and that's our task to move on and develop the players to fill that space. Big shoes to fill, but um, I think Roger Tuivasa Shek has already shown uh, that he's going to forge his own path, and mm-hmm. I think that's it's a credit to him and, and a credit to the Roosters as an organisation that they realise that. Um, as great as Minnie's been, and for so long, um, it's a new era, and and Tuivasa Shek brings his own skills to the table, and rather than try and shoehorn him into a a Minicello mould, they're going to let him bring his own talents and skills, considerable talents and skills, to the table, and um, and and you know develop their side around him, and that's you know that's a professional outlook from the Roosters. Okay, so next, Buzz Rothfield, professional troll. Had an article he in really the is. he had an article in the Telegraph and this is he has like a feud against Gus Gould and this article just seemed to be basically created entirely for him to basically take another pot shot at Phil Gould. Um, it's Mitchell one eighty request that we talk about this on the show this week, so here we go. He rated the the personalities, commentators, that sort of thing in the game and uh, gave him a rating out of ten. Some of the highlights from the rating, I'll give you the the, the most highly rated person on the list. Is let's see, there's an eight, an eight for Bo Ryan. Has massive massive following of women and kids. An eight for Aaron Mullen, great interviewer, panelist, and reporter. Eight point five for Matty Johns, funny, newsy, smart. And eight point five for Talis. What does newsy Comment- mean? Gordon Talis, eight point five out of ten. Commentates like he plays, no holds barred. Ray Hadley, eight. Australia's best all-rounder, and there we go. The highest mark is awarded to Ray Warren, the voice of the game and the best TV commentator ever. Damn. Another notable eight goes to Brett Finch, best new TV talent in 2014. The fuck out of here with that bullshit. I like Brett Finch's 
sense of humour. And I, and I agree with uh, Ray Warren being, you know, awarded the highest mark, and I think he's worthy of that. I'll do it. Well, I, I get that you have some issues with Ray Warren, but... Um, he's fucked a couple of years ago, but, I mean, yeah, he's, 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 he's declined fast. Well, I think with, with Channel everything. 9 is, is again, it, it, they show a fairly um, ignorant uh, view to the fact that Ray Warren can't commentate forever, and he's not a young man, yep. and... They brought Ray Hadley in, which doesn't look like a, a strong move for the future. And and with you know the the fan base of the game, um, you know, uh, growing all the time into that Gen Y. Um, I don't know that Ray Hadley brings a lot to the table as far as Gen Ys. No, two go two games simultaneously, so they need two commentary teams. Uh, you know, I don't think they can lean on people like Andrew Johns and Brad Fittler too heavily although that is one of my more <laughs> my favourite games of like, the recent time the commentary with those two fuckheads <laughs> were the team and uh, you know the, the, the production managers must have just sat there shaking their heads some of the other notables on this list Peter Sterling 7.5 see for me Peter Sterling he's up there 8 8.5 for me yep I, agree. I think he he is one of the, the best guys out of everybody in my opinion Paul Wharton 5 Veteran footy show host now uh, now benched as a co-commentator, and I'd give Vaughan a five too, maybe even less than that because he's you know it's just that thing's not funny anymore. Uh, the, was it ever funny? I'm not sure. Uh, Phil Gould four, great knowledge of the game but far too irritating. <laughs> See, like I, I feel Gould, like you know you'd give him a reasonably high marks. I'd hate him in conjunction with Ray though because they talk about bullshit. I don't I don't enjoy Gould's commentary. I enjoy. When he used to be on the roast, his panelist stuff, yeah. uh, yeah, his origin pre-speeches, and yeah, that, all when, that stuff. when he actually gives informed, um, you know, relevant chat regarding you know pre-game or, or, or I enjoy it, and I think yep. he brings a lot to the table when he's talking about you know the block uh, with Ray Warren. Yeah, uh, uh, oh, when he's. The, the no, 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 and yeah. the I love my Sunday afternoon. There's too many cliches and bitch, too much bitch, rhetoric. Bitch about video referee. Yeah. The, there's too much rhetoric and too many cliches with him, and I think he just should stick with his knowledge, and um, you know, which is which is fucking far higher than many other people in the game that, that are paid to talk about it. Yeah. I just, I, I really enjoy um, when he gives informed um, commentary on the game rather than trying to... F- you know, this odd couple thing that they've got going on with Ray Warren. He's given Ben Eichen a 7.5. Ben Eichen has improved in my eyes. I never had any time for him whatsoever. Now on that um, NRL 360, yeah. not that I catch it every week, but um, I find that he's uh, he's probably settling into his role in the media. I'm still not a huge fan of the bloke, and I still think he's been given a free ride, given his family, etc. But um, he's... He's improving. Let's say that. Give us the top five. My top five. Yeah, we'll go make make a top three. You're on the spot. Mm. Ray Warren, Peter Sterling, Gus Gould. Ray Warren in first first position. As far as commentary goes, I'll tell you this. This is this list of you know all the guys I've been talking about. Yeah, or maybe if you if you look at it, commentary Vossi has the, to be up there. Yeah, if it's just purely. You know, a media person, a media mind. Rugby league media rugby personalities. League. Um, I'd probably go Peter Sterling one, mm-hmm. Gus Gould two. Yep. And 
can't probably put Ray Warren, given historically he's he can pull stuff off the cuff. Look, I'm going to throw Andy Raymond in there in the mix. Yeah, yeah. I like his commentary. I just his intimate knowledge of the game, which is what I get more out of from from a media personality. Then you get the guys like here, like like I'm going to throw I'm going to throw some names at you, and you just give me throw me a quick out of ten. Fatty. Five. Twenty fourteen. Fatty. Okay. Darren Lockyer. Five. Two for me. Bo Ryan. Oh, Zero for me. He, I can see how he appeals to, to young people. and Same people that watch Carl Barron and think he's fucking funny. Yeah, I, I don't... Bogans. Funny. Well, he's, I'm he's the bo- boganest he, bogan that he, ever bogan. No, but... no, no, you're not, see. You, you, oh, you come, you've you've come... just fucking ragged on me for ten minutes there before about the magpies, and now all of a sudden you're jumping to my defence. That's your, that's your fucking... It's not defence, I'm just saying, like, you know... You want to come from come from that environment, but you're yeah, not anymore. I'm I'm not a Bo Ryan guy. No, Matt Shervington. Oh, it just purely on, so, yeah, purely on his rugby league stuff well, he, well, or purely no, on his package it, stuff. I'd, yeah, well, I mean, obviously, you give his penis fucking twenty 12. out of ten. <laughs> you'd give it you'd give it nine point five and point five deducted because he's not caramel. No, well, I would. I'd never give Matt Shervington under ten. <laughs> he always struggle to get under 10 seconds. <laughs> uh, Brad Fittler. Uh, six, six, nine. Yeah, five, six. Yeah. Aaron Mullen, this is a contentious one. This is one that a lot of people have something to say. It's the same six, maybe a seven. I think I like what she brings to the table. She's not just a token female. Okay, how about uh, Yvonne Sampson then? As a same. contrast, same. Yeah. I'll probably rate Yvonne Sampson a bit better. Yeah, but you can't look at the two and go, well, I think Yvonne Sampson is better looking, so she gets a higher I don't say better. Huh? I don't say better looking. I say better. No, but I'm saying that's that was yeah. some of the, the context that I, I saw on Twitter. You know, I think it's a lot. I think it's a lot of people just don't like Erin Mullen. I can see how she can rub people wrong. And then they then they look for re, look for ways to slam her, and they then they go, oh, you know, she's this and that. And they, just, they hit things like, you know, easy targets, like, you know, looks and shit like that. We have guys like some of these new guys, like uh, like Hindy, and um, they they and that little fucking kid Hindy and Fletcher. I think Brian Fletcher. They've just gone, they've gone down that fucking Reg Reagan yeah. path, and yep. Bo Ryan. Yep. They've Matty gone down Jones, that path when yeah. they they could have been on a really good thing. They've got a nice gig there on that Matty John show. Yep. But they've just become you know blocker roads in a dress now. Yep. It's. Why does every rugby league show have to have that element? That that was the best thing about um, the league lounge. Yeah. You know, people sat around and had Renee Gardner and yep. um, people sat around. There was no token fucking bullshit like that. Yeah, yeah. Trying people to just sat around. Into it, yeah. yeah, people, people sat around talking show, talk, Yeah, yeah, exactly. What a novel idea. I know, I know. What about someone like Gordon Tallis? This fuckhead has given Don't him 8.5. Him. I would give him... I'd bury him under the table. 0.5. Yeah, he'd struggle to give it, get a 4. I'll give him credit for being forthright in the way that he speaks and things like that. But still, what he says is shit. Like, I mean, he delivers it with conviction and doesn't really seem to, to you know, bow down. Like, he'll take a stand yeah. on an opinion. He's, he, he does speak with, with you know... Honestly, and and from his heart, and and what if you he say, honestly, shit, that doesn't it doesn't matter how fucking earnestly. But that's the thing. If he believes it, you know, yeah. if if he only honestly believes it, and, and has the um, 
you know, the balls to, to speak his mind. You've got to give him credit for that. But I think sometimes he, he forms an opinion um, without a, a great deal of knowledge or information on the topic. Yep. All right, so what I'm going to do, I think, uh, we had we had some people give give their thoughts as well, but given there's no warning or anything, and we're just sort of talking about it now on the show for the first time, I will invite people to offer their top three. I think it's too many to go, like, a list of ten. Mm. Give us your top three. Media personalities, doesn't have to be straight commentators. It's like the guys we spoke about. I mean, a lot of you guys on Twitter were talking about this list through the week. And I think we might even add a uh, category in the Twillies this year. Okay. For the personality, media personality. Yeah. Like because I mean, there's 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 a fairly large field of entrance to draw from, so uh, yeah, why not? Recaps: Match of the round, Friday night football, the mighty Manly Seagulls sixteen. Defeat the Brisbane Broncos four at Fortress Brookvale. And uh, this one, 16 points came from tries to Jamie Lyon, Peter Hiku, and Brett Stewart. Jamie Lyon, one from three conversions and a penalty goal. Broncos, four points came from a try to Jack Reed, and uh, Hunt missed with his only shot at goal. I think the Broncos, they went to a hostile environment there at, at Brookvale, and um, I think when all was said and done, they, they were simply outclassed. I think the Broncos tried. They... Uh, you know, they made a, a concerted effort, but Manly didn't really get out of third gear and, and handled them fairly comfortably. Yep. I, I thought. I've been saying, I've been saying like, you know, Manly women they want, and this is the closest, classic example. This game, it wasn't even an arm wrestle. The score was close for a very long period of time, but it was like the Broncos was going through their thing and doing their thing and not threatening, and then Manly were going through their thing, and, you know, and then they just went, boom, you know, turned it on, bang, bang, back-to-back tries, game's over, all she wrote. I think the Broncos, you know, and, and a lot's been said about Wayne Bennett coming back and, and how their culture's changed, and it's one thing you can say about the Broncos is they still have, you know, a certain structure and, and a certain way of going about their play where... You know, they play field position, they play percentages, they, they complete their sets. Um, Hunt's kicking game's improving all the time. And a lot of times in the NRL, that's enough to get you home. Yeah, he was garbage in this game, though. He, he didn't have his best game, and given some of the form he's in, um, took a little bit of a dip here, and it'll be interesting with a few games to go in the season to see how he bounces back from that, whether, um, you know, that was a purple patch that he was going through, or whether... You know, even the best players have off games and, and, and you, they get a pass for it. Um, and it, and this could be just one of those games for Ben Hunt. But, um, you know, he's he's been in such red-hot form. You know, if he if he strings together a few games like he's had here um, or worse, then, you know, next season, the Broncos' reluctance to, to re-sign into a long-term deal could be justified. But... Um, I think for Manly heading into the finals, they're getting the right type of games like this um, that the Broncos gave them. They're not really getting bashed, and I think that Manly are doing enough to to get themselves home, but um, they're, they're getting enough resistance from their opposition to keep them sharp. The Broncos you know, defended quite stoutly for the most part. Uh, it was only when Manly really started to apply the screws um, that the Broncos couldn't go with them, and, and Manly... Um, Handled, handled what the Broncos could throw at them and work their defensive structure around it and, and snuff the Broncos' opportunities out. So um, good good um, 
preparation for the finals. I think if they were you know, having you know super tough arm wrestles and getting bashed every week, it's you know they're not going to be as fresh for the finals. But I think they've probably just got the right balance with games like this uh, to fine tune their run. I think Manly probably cantering along at about forty percent in this game, and it wasn't just because that was all they needed to do to win the game. It was also this is the third game in twelve days, so actually having it like they went from a Monday a Monday night down at the Dragons to a uh, Sunday at the the Warriors in New Zealand, and then come back, at, you know, for mm. a Friday night football game. So, the the fact to even go through that run with uh, a couple of away games in there too, including you know the longest away, yeah, and uh, coming out of it three from three, pretty good. Especially like went from bogey ground in, for the Dragons where they, where they rarely win, then went to the Warriors. Obviously, Warriors in good form over in New Zealand, and then they come back and uh, beat team to beat them the first time around this season too. So that was good. Broncos. Fucking stupid things they're doing though, like they're they're going okay, but then every set ended in a in a shitty grubber that you know went nowhere and and they kept trying they just kept going back to the well on the same thing the whole time and even when they did score a try it was one of those you know crossfield bomb sort of things batted back and Jack Reed still was you know if he had to put the ball down any time at all later than he did his foot would have been dragged across mm. the line because it was all, you know it was just one of those you know the closest things that, anyway. And there's just no creativity. I saw an article today talking about, you know, since, since the move to, statistically, since Barber moved. See, I thought Barber's looked better than he's had all year since they moved into the halves. Yeah. And he's, you know, been been more involved and he's looked a bit more dangerous. Um, statistically, though, since they moved him into the halves, the Broncos' attack has just dried up. So whether that's like, you know, obviously the hook things happened in that period as well. So Well, he's, he's getting the, more this, touches, which yeah. means Ben Hunt is getting less and, and the structure that's been built around Ben Hunt having, you know, the vast majority of touches is is gone by the wayside, I guess, is, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Also, Ben Hunt, apparently, he's got the shits a bit too that um, Hook got fired. It's one of Hook boys. So, yeah, we'll see how that plays out because you know if Bennett takes a dislike to someone, they're fucking Gornsky. Bo Henry. Exactly. Uh, Solzy04 it's good to see a long suffering side like Manly doing well they've waited so long for success run off run off no ref's fault Manly the better team even happy with the Bronx effort can we but can we please fuck Hadley off for at least one Friday night <laughs> his commentary was fucking it was irritating just never shut up about the fucking jerseys and while on the subject of the jerseys jeez it was a hard it was a fucking hard game to watch like, it was a hard game to follow there were times when the Broncos just... would make a clean line break and I'd be like, you know, yes. And they're like, oh, fuck, that's right. It's not us. <laughs> I just don't understand why. And and I guess it's hard to do a... It's hard to do a Wolverine jersey um, in the the modern non-comic book experts sense of, of Wolverine because he gets around in fucking jeans and leather jacket. Yeah, it's like a plain dark blue sort of yeah. thing in the X-Men movies, yeah. A little bit hard to do that, but the comic book is so far removed from the actual movies that it, a lot of people are, are more accustomed to. I know that yep. people that are strictly comic book people or um, have grown up with Wolverine will say differently, but a lot of people that are, have become Wolverine fans because of the movies yep. don't relate to that. Yep. So um, there's plenty of other Marvel characters. Oh, and there's a Wolverine jersey. It looks fucking great, but fuck, it was hard to follow. Like you know, given that they were know, playing the Broncos, who normally would play, you know, jersey, yellowy yeah. sort of jersey. Yeah, yeah, it was it was tough, and uh, you know, I'm glad for it to be one off, and I'm I'm also glad that what I've been told is that next season the uh, 
the the football club board, which is in charge of, uh, you know, maintaining the maroon and white, uh, playing out of Brookvale primarily. You know, mm. things like called the Sea Eagles, as the Emeralds the Sea Eagle, that sort of thing. They have stipulated that next time around there will be no budging on uh, maroon and white. So next to- next year we're going to get a, a superhero jersey. Hopefully, it looks great. But Cut it's man. also going to be a manly which will be jersey as well. Oh, fuck, I'd buy 10 of those. I'm sure you would. Sensational. You'd probably get them for free, given that you could be their mascot for the night. <laughs> Blue underscore beaver. Paramanly Wolverines rule. Every other <laughs> team is playing for second place this year. Bring on the bunnies. Eddie NZ. Normally a Bronx loss sucks, but I'm in New York, got engaged last night, and off to see Guardians at IMAX 3D. Life is pretty good. Congratulations. Congratulations. Uncensored Steve. Just had a flashback after seeing Lion in blue and yellow. Back to when Parramatta had a football team. <laughs> Shunda 86. Wolverine jersey looked cool on Manly, but surely more suited to a bunch of mutants with unnatural recuperative powers. In brackets, sharkies. Erebus Chaos. Fuck Manly. Fuck the NRL. Fuck everything. Manly are nothing but a pack of cunts. I'm not listening this week. Hash fuck Manly. Wow. <laughs> And finally, Boxcar Jason. Manly had a real fun dress-up party, had some laughs, and helped ourselves to some competition points. That's good times. <laughs> Next up, the uh, Penrith Panthers, 22, defeated the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, 16. And uh, this one, the 22 points for the Panthers came from a double to Sigiaro. Josh Mansour, Matt Morley, also with tries. Jamie Sound, three from four conversions. The Bulldogs, their 16, came from tries to Tim LaFay, Trent Hodkinson, Sam Cassiano, and Hodkinson, two from three conversions. People have been saying that Penrith haven't beaten anyone. Then they go and beat the dogs, and everyone's like, well, the dogs are uninformed. Penrith can't fucking win. Yeah, they've they probably lost about four games in a row now, haven't they, the doggies? Yeah, but again, like we said, when people were hacking on Penrith's uh, run of victories, etc., um, they can only play the teams in front of them. So yeah. they've knocked the dogs off here. Um, I don't think Penrith are getting enough credit for, for what they're doing with some of the injuries they've had. Um, Mansour was critical to, to a lot of their success in um, his finishing and, and the runs from bringing the ball out from their own end. Uh, you know, he's he's had his, his time out with injury. And, you know, look, at Peter Wallace, that's one thing I wanted to bring up as well for Penrith. Is there a tougher motherfucker in the NRL than Peter Wallace? Probably. Why did he bring that up? Um, he played most of the game the other week with a ruptured ACL. Yeah. And previously, finished a game with a ruptured testicle. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> um, let me just say... How could I forget? If I had a busted nut... Yeah. I wouldn't want anyone breathing on it, let alone but, running but, it towards But at the time, does he know that he's got a busted kilo. nut, or he's just like, oh, fuck, I took a shot to the Jats crackers, that's a bit sore, I'm going to play out. That's a bit sore. My nut has ruptured. But yeah, you don't... I mean. Do you know your nuts ruptured? The, like the level of pain, yeah. I've copped it, you know, yeah. I've copped a knock in the crown jewels compared to, Jesus fucking Christ, I can't walk. It hurts that much, which is what I'd be doing. <laughs> the size of my nuts, any swelling there, I'm, I'm, I'm prone. I can't move. <laughs> I need two wheelchairs. Yeah. One for me and one for me nuts. Same, the ruptured ACL thing, I mean, you know, like the Morris brothers did worse than the origin this year. It's a much higher level of play Peter and much Wallace more at stake. Is, is, is possibly the toughest motherfucker in the NRL world right now. I'm going to say it. Irrelevant. Long way from the most talented, don't Ir- get me wrong. Irre- irrelevant in the context of this uh, this match. Sure, I just wanted to bring that up. Okay. You like Peter Wallace. 
right. bit of ranger love. There you go. Um, a bit concerning for the dogs. They run at the moment, not being able to put too much together uh, in attack. They, they were belted by the Tigers a couple of weeks ago, and, and their results since then have left a bit to be desired. They're they're on a bit of a downward spiral at the moment, and need to rectify that very very quickly. And Penrith found a way to win. Some injuries to key personnel, and um, they still managed to get the job done. So they need credit for that. And you know with with a few more weeks to go in the season, they probably only have to win a couple more games and they'll probably be, you know, almost assured of a top four spot, yeah? Yeah, yeah. You think they're pretty much there? Pretty good effort. Just well coached, I think. It's a, it's a credit to Ivan Cleary with some of the things he's had to deal with personnel-wise that he's managed to get them up uh, f- for every game and, and play to a certain structure that, um, that can put them, you know, within, you know, give them a... a Puncher's chance at the very least of uh, of coming away with a result. Only six nil at half time in favour of Penrith. I wonder if you'd like to discuss the referee in the first half. There were some contentious issues to Look, say the least. Outside of the North Queensland Cowboys in finals against the Sharks and Manly in recent years, mm. I've never seen more of a ref's fault than any game other than this. There's ref's fault every week from every. No, but I'm talking like. Massive rest fault and yeah. systematic rest fault in the extent that their social media team and everything also you know puts a poll on their website about rest fault. Sure, that's like they they take it that far and like you know the South the, the North Queensland Cowboys they're a team that you know bleats that badly like at an administrative level when they get robbed in finals like seven tackles and things such as that. Mm. So, what do you think? There's a couple of tries. One there's a forward pass. Like, I mean. You, you can't it's, get hyped up about that shit because that's heaped the moment it was inside, so, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, I think the Lafayette thing was a try, but fuck. That's the only one that I'd probably definitely give yeah, a try to. Yeah, but what team hasn't been dotted by the referees? Yes, the re- re- referees are horrible, but, you know, are we going to just fucking build pillow forts and go and fucking hide ourselves and never watch rugby league again? It fucking happens, and it's going to continue to happen because we have humans out there, not fucking robots, and not every second of every play is analysed and brought back, and, you know, decisions aren't overturned. It's the, it's what we've got. You either love the game or you don't, you know, you love the game the way it is, and yes, it needs work, and, you know, they'll make adjustments and changes as they've done for the last fucking, you know, 100 or so years to try and improve it. Sometimes I'll get it right, sometimes I'll get it wrong. You know, if if you go away from every game that you don't win complaining about the fucking referees, I just think you should probably just give up watching rugby league because you're going to cause yourself a lot of angst and a lot of fucking heartache that's never going to go away. Yeah. So, West Tigers fans, for example, you may have blown up about that Noffa Luma no try at the start of the game against Manly. As I said at the time, like... You need to adapt and overcome. If, if yeah, it, oh, I thought it was a fair try. The fucking reality is, it wasn't given. Is that an excuse to get done by 40? Fuck no. Can't argue with that. Drew underscore Nathan five. Can't a bury. More like can be buried. Can't play footy. Ash, am I right? He is the biggest fucking troll in history of trolls. He's, he's making a good run of it. Uh, Andy underscore Seags. 
Brisbane and the Shih Tzus losing in the same night. It could only be better if Billy Slater got gored by a Triceratops. <laughs> <laughs> Why Triceratops? I don't know. I read that thing. In, in my head, though, Why? I mean, because I, well, I guess they got the three spikes, so you get him three times. Why you know? not two different fucking bulls? Oh. At least they exist. Just the image of him getting... I mean, it, it, it fucking made my day reading that tweet. I thought, wouldn't it be awesome if Billy Slater get just, by I had so many questions. <laughs> Solsey04. Uh, oh, no, sorry, got another one first. Shane Aaron Elvis. So many wheels have fallen off the Bulldogs bandwagon, it's officially a unicycle. <laughs> Did you see uh, Shane playing fucking badminton of all sports? I did not see that. In the This Week in League shirt. Oh, yes, uh, yeah, I did. I didn't. I, I just saw the shirt and pretty much disregarded everything else and did not realise he was... He's a lot taller than I imagined. Yeah. And he's... I think he's got elephantitis because his legs are the same fucking width from ankle to groin. <laughs> he had some shorty shorts on too, just quietly. In, uh, but he looked resplendent in his shirt. He did. He looked far more attractive in the shirt than what he would have out of it, let me tell you. Way to represent. <laughs> Solsey04. And you thought the Panthers were pretenders. Well, they are, but so are the Bulldogs. Hey, doggies, you're doing momentum wrong. <laughs> Michael Darren 79 Well, the scoreline doesn't really reflect the game, i.e. the Bulldogs should have won. And this is what I'm talking about, a systematic in the Bulldogs fan base. Jar TV. Hey, Tigers, that's what Brave looks like. What you have is, I can't believe it's not brave. GT351 underscore Johnson. I tell you, <laughs> he's got so much to fucking say every time. The Tigers could have 24 buys a week, yeah. or a, a season rather, and it's still, every time Penrith would get a win, he'd be like, yeah, fuck you, Tigers. <laughs> yeah. He's such a cockhead, that bloke. <laughs> and? <laughs> it's his shout for lunch next time we catch up. The uh, GT351 underscore Johns. The better side lost. Due to refs having a bag of money and Gus's cock in their mouth. Legit tries disallowed. Investigation now. Now, I've I just heard, want to digest. Look, I want just, can I please go through this tweet with you, portion by portion? I need to dissect it with you and get your opinion on something very important. Okay. Point one, the better side lost. Point two, it was due to the refs having a bag of money. Point three, and Gus's cock in their mouth. So... Canterbury lost the game because the refs had a bag of money and Canterbury lost the game because they had Gus's cock in their mouth? <laughs> Am I reading it correctly? I've got so many questions. <laughs> but Why did the Bulldogs have Gus's cock in their mouth, though? <laughs> I don't know, Nathan. And, and perhaps if they didn't, they might have been able to put the ball down better. I don't think John even knows. But let me just say that every single one of those things, you could change ever so slightly... And I've heard every single one of those things uttered from Manly fans after their team has lost games. Absolutely nonsense. Absolutely nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Absolute nonsense. You've never heard a Manly fan say that a referee was being, had been paid off? No, never. Okay. Ever. Okay, cool. That is that is actually, that that's, that's you know, crossing the line really and saying that they're outright cheating. Okay, thank you. And that's, a, and, yep. and, and that's not the case. You know, Can we move just... on to the next game, please, Nathan? No, because I've got one more from Chapo, the creator. The Bulldogs just had the Montreal screw job pulled on them by the refs. We now know how Bret Hart feels. That's a reference that completely bypasses you, right? Oh. When Bret Hart was going to leave the anything, WWF. Anything he says bypasses me. For but starters. It's a for, wrestling reference, I don't really get it. For starters, Chapo, if you're going to make a wrestling reference, Bret Hart is spelled H A R T, not H E A R T, you fucking drop kick. And, and I'm not even going to address the rest of it. It's fucking nonsense. 
Parramatta Eels 32 defeated the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 12 at the tip at Ramondas and the points were as follows. Parramatta Eels 32, a double to Jared Hayne and a fucking scintillating double it was. Sammy Rudraja, Penny Terpo and the uh, debutant, a double to Beretta Faremo. Sandow, four from six conversions. Fuck, you just about need a Polynesian translator for power games these, these days. Oh, that may as well just be fucking Fiji. It's getting harder. It's great to see these guys coming through. Yeah. Some fucking quality players. Yep. Some media training for, for commentators as to the pronunciation. Yeah. Jared Hayne, um, you mentioned the couple of tries that he scored, and I'm sure everyone's seen them. You'd have to... I know that the, the votes for the Dallium have gone blind at the moment, but he'd have to be making a run. And if yeah. with especially with Ben Hunt having a quiet game against Manly, uh, and Jared Hayne prob you know, feasibly getting all points in his game, you would have to say he's at the very least closing the gap, if not overtaking Ben Hunt with the games that he's had. He uh, would have to be almost recently locked in safest bet in the world to say that he got three points in the last two weeks. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, single-handedly fucking turned the game both times. So, yep. you know, or won the game, you could say. Um, I think the Sharks are looking for, for 2014 to come to a close. Um, they probably... They they tried in vain, I guess. It, they were in it right up to just after half-time and, and the Eels started to pile on a fair few points and um, and the Sharks just couldn't go with them. And, um, you know... It's not just Haynes' running game that's, that's doing it for power at the moment. Um, he's got guys running good good angles and good holes for his ball play as well. So he's just looking like a fucking genius every time he touches the ball, whether he goes himself well, yeah, or he's, puts people well, over. His first or, try was after being put, you know, put through with a great ball. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, I don't know if it's, if it's too early to say or whether they really um, can build this sort of run, but... Para have all the attributes to be that momentum side again. Um, and I think even more so than in 2009, they've got guys that just don't give a fuck, if you know what I mean. Like, Sando will try some ridiculous stuff, and it comes off, or it doesn't come off, and he just keeps going, keeps trying. Yep. He's not the sort... Of, like, he can have some absolutely fucking horrible games. Yep. But he always keeps trying. Yep. Keeps trying those those flashy sort of plays. Um Hayne is probably similar to a, to a point, but his stuff comes off more often than not, yeah. <laughs> regardless of how bad the rest of your team is. Um, they, they've got a lot of attributes. Radraja, um, once again, you know, is, is he still the, the top try scorer or is, he, or is he even at the moment? He's, he's had a great season and good finisher. No one really wants to fucking tackle him. No. You can see, even at this level, people are thinking twice about making the con the first contact. Yeah. Um, so all the attributes to be that momentum side, whether they whether they care about it enough is <laughs> is another thing. They they seem to get into these modes where they're just going to play footy regardless and throw caution to the wind. I'm not sure that's um, really conducive to a, to a successful finals run but if they get in there with a heap of momentum they might just overwhelm their opposition one tweet from this game the Ben Zed Hayne took less than one minute to sink the Sharks God help the Raiders if he turns up for 20 minutes yeah. Ash expect a cricket score, cricket score. yeah I'll be uh, captain in Supercoach this week for sure 
North Queensland Cowboys 28 defeated the Gold Coast Titans 8 up there at 1300 Teeth Stadium. The Cowboys 28 came from tries to Michael Morgan, Jonathan Thurston, Gavin Cooper, Tautau Monga and Kane Linnett. Thurston, 3 from 5 conversions and the penalty goal. And the Titans 8 came from a try to Brad Takarangi, conversion from Kevin Gordon and penalty goal from Kevin Gordon. Much like the Sharkies, I think the Titans were competitive for a period of time right up until the Cows really decided to to apply the pressure and turn the screws on them and, and went on with it. The Titans just had no option um, and, and no ability to go go with them when the Cowboys started to get away. The um, There was some defence from North Queensland that they'll need to improve on if they're going to make any real inroads into the finals. Um, some of their first contact, um, you know, against... You know, the, the Titans weren't throwing a lot at them. Yeah. And some of their first contact in defence um, really needs to be tightened up. If you come up against the better size of Roosters, Manly, see us um, and make contact like that, their forwards are going to roll all over the top of you and, you, and you're going to get done every day of the week. You just you can't do that at finals time. So, um, you know, they had a good solid win here uh, at home against the Titans. And... It was North Queensland, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Pardon my 1,300 teeth, yeah. Everyone gives me a hard time for not remembering where the games are played. I fucking almost did myself in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they've had a, a good win. It's good for their for and against and, um, and to fine-tune some of their attack. And JT's ball play seems to be on song. And So there's, there's good signs there, but there's also um, some really important stuff they're going to have to tighten up come the finals. One tweet from this game, Solzy04. Every time I start to like the Cowboys, I remember Louie plays for them. Hash, fuck the Cowboys. Yeah, I just... You see sometimes the general context of a Cowboys game, especially if Louie's doing anything positive, um, people tend to hack on the Cowboys. And I remember the days when the Cowboys were, you know, a side that people like to see do well. And I think... Some of the origin feeling towards Thurston has changed that, and certainly the signing of Louis, um, yeah. given his history, has altered people's perception there. Yeah, I simply club I always wish simply the club's the very worst that life has to offer, and don't hope anything good for them. Uh, next, where are we? The uh, Sydney Roosters 30 defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons 22 at Allianz. This one, the Roosters 30 points came from a double to Michael Jennings. Nick McDonald, Aidan Guerra, Jake Friend also with tries. James Miney, 5 from 5 from the boot. The Dragons 22 came from tries to Brett Morris, Joel Thompson, Benji Marshall, Josh Dugan, and Widdop, 3 from 4 conversions. Bit of a, you know, a split field as far as the, the Wolverine jerseys for Manly, as far as people that... Uh, like them or dislike them, I think the the Roosters certainly the Roosters Captain America one was universally uh, applauded. I think yeah, people yep. seem to really respond well. It also the fit, Iron fit Man with one, their, yeah, fit with their colours too. Yeah, absolutely. The Iron Man one for the Dragons wasn't far off. Um, well, this is the thing: the 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 Iron, the Iron Man one for the Dragons. It was um, good Dragons jersey because they modified the red, so it was actually like the Dragons red. Problem is, it was a shit Iron Man jersey though because. They stripped off, you know, the gold bits. You know, there wasn't mm. a lot of gold on it and stuff like the, you know, like they should have been to make it. So, so like they the did adjust the like socks the, though. Like the Wolverine jersey was fucking spot on yeah. for a Wolverine jersey. It just was a shit manly jersey. The Captain America one was good for both. Mm. You know, it, it was the one that probably straddled the, the you know, the two different masters that had to serve well. The Iron Man one probably veered too too far over to the, you know, catering to the rugby league side of, of the equation. But um, 
yeah, definitely the the Captain America one in practice is the best one of the round. Yeah, the Dragon's Edge defense, um, as we've seen in recent weeks, uh, leaked points all night, and uh, and that's where this game was really won. The Roosters um, made in recent weeks. Motherfucker, they played your ass last week and smashed you. They didn't leak that many points. <laughs> Discounting the Tigers game. <laughs> when they've played against Tigers, sides with the ability to exploit poor edge defence, the Dragons have been found wanting. Um, and, yeah, the Roosters, you know, they, they made ground at will there and, and scored plenty of points out there. They, um, I'm failing to see exactly what is keeping Quinlan at at one for St. George when you've got Dugan playing in the centres. I think he's doing a reasonable job, certainly in attack. He's um, he's posing a few problems for the opposition defence, but he's a fullback, and he's a, he's a fullback through and through. Maybe in defence, drop him back. I just don't you see know? why shoe, why shoehorn him into the centre. Yeah. Into the centres, rather. Well, you know, or, you know, in defence, you know, swap, swap him out. You know, the last couple of tackles, if he wants to drop back, Quinlan can move up into the line and... Yeah, you know, let Dugan drop back and be look, the fullback. You only have to look at some of the games Josh Dugan had at fullback, certainly last season, yep. for the Dragons. I've never seen Quinlan have any of those games ever in his entire career. Quinlan's one of those guys that, um, you know, for example, I don't know, you could probably talk about a Tigers one, but like, you know, like Lottie maybe for Tigers, or like, you know, say like Michael Barney for Manly, where like the ball goes up, and they're the one that's under, and it's their ball... And you just the heart's in the mouth, and you just like you feel in your deep in your heart, you feel like that they're gonna fucking drop it. And if they don't, you're like massive wave of relief. Like wow, I didn't expect that to happen. Quinlan's that guy for the Dragons. So, I expect him to that, fuck up every time the ball comes his way. So why is he there when you've got a guy that's a representative fullback? I don't know. And you know a highly sought after guy. Yeah. The fuck is he playing in the centres for? <laughs> makes no sense to me whatsoever. I'm not saying Dugan's doing a bad job in the centres, but in my opinion, he's a far better fullback than he's ever going to be a centre, so you play him in his natural position. Yep. Roosters just look like they're, you know, slowly going about their business. Some weeks are better than others, and, um, you know, they, they've, they're doing what they need to do to win games. I, I think they've, they've got a fair bit of improvement left in them uh, come finals time, whether they're timing their run um, as Robinson sees fit remains to be seen or whether you know this is as good as it gets for the Roosters and they'll get into the finals and 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 hopefully that competitive edge comes back for them but they, they certainly um, I don't know when they this game they, they didn't look to be too troubled in my opinion no I think no. They, they look pretty strong without being um, hugely impressive Dragons underscore Red V. I have to say, if that's what the Roosters have got, they're no threat to win this year. Dugan needs to be fullback, please. Mary. JR underscore Buff. The age-old nerd question of who's better, Iron Man or Captain America, got answered. Hash nerd debate. <laughs> Look, I don't think that's ever been a debate, really. Captain America versus Iron Man. Iron Man kicks his ass all day, didn't he? You'd think he would, wouldn't you? This, this is the thing. This is... I guess, you know, I'm yeah. not going to engage in a don't nerd... Don't get, don't, don't get sucked into the nerd debate. He's baiting you here. He's trying to get you sucked into it. Well, I'm only going <laughs> to debate with you. The fuck am I going to compete with nerdism <laughs> with you? Fuck me, dead. East fan. Captain America in red, white and blue. Fucked up Iron Man and pushed in his poo. I've got so many questions. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so does everyone. 
So does everyone who saw that tweet. And I think the best thing to do is probably move on. I agree. New Zealand Warriors 54 defeated Canberra, Canberra Raiders 18 at GIO. This one, fucking one-way traffic. Warriors 54 tries to Lousy Tompkins, Harrell, uh, Matalino. 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 Uh, double to Rapira. Hat-trick to Vatavai. And uh, a try to Lamape as well. Chad Townsend, 7 from 10 conversions. Uh, defeated the Raiders, 18. Tries to Josh McCrone, Paul Vaughan, Reese Robinson. And 3 from 3 conversions for Croker. All of those tries in which were scored probably in the last five minutes of play. Yeah. And the Raiders, and more specifically Ricky Stewart, are heading for some pretty unwanted territory. If, if he wins another wooden spoon, and there's really only the Sharks and, and the Knights that can save the Raiders from the spoon, has that ever been done before? Two wooden spoons with one club and then a then third was, one. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Like, it's almost like a willful achievement. Like, you have to be willfully fucking bad to drag teams down like that. It's... I don't, it's like he sucks the life out of them. I don't yeah. I don't understand what it is. Players don't want to play for him and players don't want to come and play for him. He can't recruit. He can't... He can't formulate a game plan that's going to be of any level of success in the NRL, it would seem. Yep. Um, and we've got two and two-thirds se- of seasons proof of that. Uh, and the Raiders just, you know, some of their personnel, Kempes is well past it. Um, and some of their injuries, you know, Fenson was hurt, White was hurt in this game. Um, injuries aren't helping their yeah, cause either. But I'm not sure that they're running onto the field, even if they had a full-strength side. I'm not sure if they're going to run onto the field with a game plan that is going to give them the best chance of, of game winning games plan. in the NRL. You can see the arm tackles and just lack of general fucking yeah. commitment. So, yeah. I mean, the Raiders... The Raiders uh, it would be almost... It's unreasonable for any team other than the Raiders to get the spoon this year because as bad as the Knights and the... the, Storm, uh, the sorry, the, uh, the Sharks have been at points, it doesn't feel like anyone's been as consistently fucking useless yeah. as these guys. And... I want to give the Warriors more more credit, but even with the considering the fact that they they ran rampant like this with no Sean Johnson, who's the catalyst for their for their attack, it really does still say a lot more about Canberra than what it does about the Warriors. They scored fifty four points, and I feel like I want to be, you know, saying a lot more positive stuff about how good the Warriors were. But um, it was a fucking training run, and nothing more for the Warriors. Yeah, yeah it really and and uh, and I mean. It, it's probably good timing the game come a game like this come along when they were were without Johnson. Um, Give me the confidence after the smash yeah. and they took from Manly the week before. <laughs> Free go nine. Would it be unreasonable for the Canberra Raiders to ask Stuart for a timesheet to check he's at least trying to coach? Performance management, business one hundred and one. Todd H nineteen eighty seven. All caps. This tweet was. Fuck this fucking shit for fuck's sake, Raiders Canberra. Pick up your fucking oh, sorry, pick your fucking act up. So he sent that straight to the Canberra Raiders social media. And geez, I'd hate to be that male slash female. Fucking wanted to moral. Tough job that would be. Oh, toughest. JR underscore buff. Even yep. any any NRL side that is going poorly, or any sporting team that's going poorly, fuck. They must be like, how did I ever get here? Well, let's wind it back. Any social media position in sports. Even if it's manly, that one loss you take every now and then, you get fucking smashed for it, I reckon. Then you, then the next level is where we're sort of talking about, you know, teams like these Canberra guys where they're just getting fucking belted 
non-stop. The fans are just like... I mean, we only see really the ones that come, come our way because they copy us in there. But there's a half a dozen that are just I, like... I remember oh, seeing the, the Tigers... Um, they'd lost a couple of games there. It was, it was a bit earlier in the season. and They'd lost a couple of games in a row and they... We're doing a sponsorship thing, and they were, they, you know, taking some photos for some merchandise or something, and they posted on the Instagram, and some, you know, bunch of people commented like, "Why the fuck aren't they training? Why are they out here modelling?" Yeah. You don't think that they train fucking four hours a day, dickheads? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh no, don't worry, boys. We'll skip this morning's training run. We'll go and take some photos with some merchandise. Fuck, give me a break. There's a whole fucking four or five hours in the middle of the day where they're not training exactly morning session afternoon session not that hard there's time around it where they do other club sponsored activities <laughs> fucking hell JR underscore buff looks like the Eric Banner Hulk turned up instead of the Mark Ruffalo Hulk and he's got hash nerd debate on there I want to say Edward Norton Hulk because Edward Norton's my favourite actor but his Hulk was fairly poor I didn't mind. I didn't mind that, that Hulk movie. I mean, because we've had there's the two Hulk movies, yeah, the the Eric Banner one and the Edward Norton one, and then we've had Ruffalo. He's been the benefit of piggybacking off the off of the back of mm. you know the Avengers with all these established franchises like Iron Man, very successful Captain America, and Thor. I but I didn't mind. I thought I actually thought the Hulk movie with Ed, Edward Norton was okay. I didn't mind. I, don't understand I thought it was much made. better. I thought it was much more. You know the way it should have been than the uh, the Eric Banner. Why are there three different Hulks with three different actors? I don't get oh, it. The Eric Banner one was just a, a fucking disaster. Uh, Edward Norton's notoriously difficult to work with, and um, some would say he's an absolute fucking cunt to work with, especially the way he, he fancies himself as a writer and wants to rewrite everything and just make a general makes a general cunt of himself. And so there's certain you know there there are people that just don't want to work with him, and he was deemed to be too much trouble for this Avengers thing where they've got to keep you know a number of superstar fucking egos in check mm. his was just one too many <laughs> so hence hence Mark Ruffalo uh, Solzy04 you know what helps when you're having a shit day your team getting fucking pumped hash fuck you Raiders hash <laughs> B grade superhero hash Hulk shit <laughs> and like I, I like the, the Hulk jersey better than all the other jerseys oh, it was the best looking jersey um, and you know with like the rips and it, was, it was great but then they put like the lavender shorts in there yeah, it really needed to be darker purple. On the field, it just didn't. It didn't look very good. It didn't, <laughs> lavender, it didn't you may get. You, you, you well, they were. appealing. But they definitely, it definitely was lavender. Yeah. Well, it wasn't like you know, like it needed to be a darker purple. Puce. Or you know, <laughs> just make another colour short. You don't have to go purple, guys. Um, of course, they had to go purple. I thought that was a nice touch. They just fucked the colour up. Yeah, and once again, they kept them. You know, kept them real with, the, I guess, the the comic book rather than the movie. Whereas you know, when Mark Ruffalo wasn't wearing purple pants, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, where are we? Southern Dan. Hulk gets smashed. Unky D. Ricky Stewart is still reaping what he sowed as a flag waving ambassador for Super League. Hash calm as a bitch. Hash work for the doll. And uh, Freako 9. I'm sick of the Stewart bashing. He won a premiership in his first year with no names like Fitler, Fitzgibbon, Hodges, and Morley. South Sydney Rabbitohs 50 defeated the Newcastle Knights 10. Uh, this one's Barlow Park up there in Cairns, as smart asses would have us know. 50 points from the Rabbitohs, tries to Oava. Lottie Takiri got over the stripe. Tom Burgess, Dylan Walker, Chris McQueen, Greg Inglis, and a hat trick to Alex Johnson. 
He's a fucking sensation. Five from nine conversions from uh, Reynolds. Luke had a shot and missed. The Knights' ten came from tries to Jake Mamo, Adam Clydesdale, and one from two conversions, Kurt Gidley. You mentioned Alex Johnson. Um, late charge for Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's not just, you know, catch a ball and fall over the line. Some of the shit yeah, he's Yeah, he's not boiding it. He's not no. boiding it at all. He's, uh... Well, one of them he was boiding in this game, but some of them are just blinding fucking speed. I mean, him and Dylan Walker, it wasn't all that long ago that, you know, certainly last season we were saying that Seas probably needed, you know, some impact in the centres. Yeah, yeah. You know, and these guys have come along. Jesus fucking crossed. Yeah. Agreed. Um... You know, they, they Johnson in particular, I think Walker's probably seems the more established of the two. Um, Johnson just seems to have come from nowhere and, and some of the stuff he's doing, like I said, he's um he's not just catching and falling over the line, he's he's putting a lot of effort into his work and and not just the flashy stuff with the tries, they're also doing some great work bringing them out from their own end as well. Yep. He's he's not shy of putting his hand up to do that those hard yards. Uh, on Newcastle, uh, they've really lost their grip on whatever was motivating them earlier in, into the season. Um, post McKinnon, they they put some really strong performances together and got some wins. Um, you know, in what has been a fairly trying season for them, and made only tougher now by by Bennett's resignation. So, um, just right at the moment, they're fucking woeful, and you know, they had the the performance in the. the Rise in round 19, rise for Alex. Um, a, a much better performance last week, and then here they, they've really come and, and fucking turned it up. <laughs> and, and, how, and how do you like Wayne Bennett sitting there at the press conference and saying, like, you know, look, South's a fucking easy to figure out? I thought that was strange. You know, like, you'd want to get a lot closer than than 50 to 10 and before you come into the press conference and say that South's are easy to work to out. To his credit, thing. he did say that. He, said, he, he, he did, uh, did add that, you know, and we we were we were nowhere near good enough. Yeah, but you know what? Given Wayne Bennett's mind, he in his mind, yeah. I'm sure he probably fucking does have South worked out. Yeah. But does he have the personnel to carry out the game plan that he put in place to to shut South down? Probably not. No, he's only got the razzle dazzle, Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> so um, probably a, you know a little bit of context, a little bit of context there for Wayne Bennett, you know. In his mind, with all his knowledge, yep. he can probably read South like a book. Yeah. But the players on the field, can they execute? Uh, yeah, exactly. You know what's going on in his mind in order to stop it? Clearly not. Yep. Beer boy one eight two. Let's hope George Burgess doesn't get blue balls after the game in Cairns. Street signs and car windows are quivering. <laughs> it's been a whole year. Yeah. Night watcher. I'm not sure if uh, night watcher. He tweeted us before. It's like yeah. Uh, Knight and then W-A-T-C-H-A. The Bunnies were straight up too good for us. Shane Aaron Elvis. He, after yet another fantastic display from the Knights, it's time to take away all their shoelaces and belts. <laughs> Ash safety first. JR underscore buff. Players are not responding or playing for Wayne. The gracious thing to do is step aside and let the Knights plan for next year. Interesting point. I can't see it happening though. Yeah, so it's a bit bit too late now. I've had it yeah. happened earlier in the season, maybe you know where they had a you know a, con- a concerted opportunity to not get the spoon. I mean, now you know it's not not so they are going to get the spoon, but not the way it's too late to throw someone else into the breach. So yeah, uh, Monday night footbitch, the Melbourne Storm twenty eight defeated the West Tigers six at Campbelltown Stadium. 
the uh, points. Corabetti with a double. Cameron Smith, Will Chambers, Sisawanga with uh, tries as well. Cameron Smith, four from five conversions. Tigers, try to Akawala, first try of the match. Conversion from Pat Richards, which is a good conversion. That's it. Yeah, losing losing Brooks hurt. Um, and I, I think that certainly had an impact on the side um, in the way that they they lost a bit of structure. They certainly lost his kicking game. But there's really no excuse for the way the Tigers really turned up. They they Their effort was there. I think that they they were willing. They, they tried hard, but they just they couldn't mount enough pressure in attack. And some of their options that they took um, left a fair bit to be desired. That just, it seems funny that we, we missed the composure of a 19-year-old kid, but... Um, yeah, that's ridiculous what you said. <laughs> and it sounds ridiculous when you spell it out even more. Yeah, I think that they, they missed his kicking game and he has been growing with his fifth tackle options all season. Uh, we certainly missed those. In um, the absence of a steady captaincy influence, I think they did miss Brooks. Yeah, uh, Robbie... Couldn't be is... fucked up the train half the week. <laughs> Look, I know you want to be inflammatory, but... No, I've... and he also put in a shithouse performance in the game too. I wouldn't say he put in a shithouse performance. He made 37 tackles and um, he, he was, you know, trying different things around the ruck to get... It just it was just one of those nights. I think they once they went behind and once they could see that Melbourne were getting a bit of a roll on, there wasn't... Um, you know, they, they really needed to take their game to another level and they couldn't get there. And and Melbourne kept running on with it and the, the more trials they put on, the the more of a mountain it became to over overcome and until it was all just too much for the Tigers. And, um, you know, I, I think at their best they're a better side than than what they showed in this game, but I've fucking said that a lot of times this year. And they, yep. they, they just, they're not putting it together on the field. Um, the week they had and some of the stuff that's going on in the media, um, it's unfortunate, it's regrettable, um, but there's also ways that the club and the hierarchy of the club, Grant Mayer um, and, and Robbie Farrar in particular, uh, can, can put it to bed. And I think the club's crying out for some strong leadership. And, and unfortunately, the only one that's really standing up and being a solid um you know, leader. Well, honest, oh, just the guy that, above all else, says, you know what, I'm going to be that person that fucking stands up in front of it, you know, and takes the shots. Yeah. Is Mick Potter. Yeah. And he's not even sure if he's fucking got a job. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yet he fronts. He fronts at all the press conferences, at training, um, and and faces the music. He answers the questions. Um, he answers them honestly and forthright and. And he's he fucking speaks from the heart, and he says, you know, I am going to fight till the death. This may be the end, you know. I may not have a job after the end of the season. Yep. But while I am here, I'm going to give it everything I got. That's a really fucking admirable trait, and I think he's probably endeared himself more to me. Um, not you know, I was a fan of him, certainly with the, with the things that he tried to do with the side and and what he's done uh, with some of the injuries that the sides had and. Um, and bringing the younger blokes through, I think he's done a commendable job, and I really want to see the Tigers extend his contract. Um, but with the the club being, you know, under fire from various um, media outlets, and and not doing themselves any favour from certainly Grant Mayer and Robbie Farrett's point of view, 
Mick Potter's fucking been the guy that stood up and taken the blows and yep. looks the better for it. Yep. You know, he's... <laughs> the irony of, of the fact that the Tigers being under siege and Mick Potter being the face of it all and um, he could score himself a more more permanent NRL gig and the Tigers kick him to the curb. It's, it just doesn't make a great deal of sense. Um, all the stuff if Robbie has to stop and... Um, there's word that it, it may all come to a head and um, it looks like, uh, it, you know, if you re- believe reports and murmurs around the media channels that, that Grant May is going to fall on his sword and um, what that means for Mick Potter, I don't know. And the next the next board's still to be implemented by the NRL and, and what that means for Mick Potter, I don't know. But I... You know, there's a lot of guys... You know, look, look at eight years of, of performances from John Cartwright compared to what Mick, Mick Potter's had to deal with uh, in his one and a bit seasons. We, we touched on it earlier, but... If you can give John Cartwright a five-year deal, you can extend Mick Potter's contract, in my humble opinion. Well, I mean, Mick Potter's delivered West Tigers results that are, you know, almost equal to the worst that, that Cartwright's era provided. He hasn't delivered the Tigers to a qualifying... A grand final qualifier. Well, he hasn't... All, he also hasn't had the time that... that uh, John Cartwright has, has had that John Cartwright had the benefit of um, to build and, and Cartwright inherited a, a fairly handy squad um, and, and fairly enthusiastic squad given that they were a, a start-up franchise um, Mick Potter inherited a bunch of someone else's problems that he had to deal with Speaking of other problems and other people's problems Corabetti, how much does that hurt? It doesn't actually hurt that much to be honest because I think the club made the right choice, and it, it is good to see him getting an opportunity at Melbourne. He wasn't getting those shots at at the Tigers um, behind Noffer and, and Paddy Richards, and um, he had his issues with injury last year. But the fact remains that Marika Coriabetti is 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 fucking appalling under a high ball, and he's <laughs> and he's equally as appalling in defence. And unfortunately, the Tigers weren't good enough uh, on Monday night to to exploit that, but. If he's still in that side come finals time. There was one occasion there where he fucking shot out of the line. Yeah. And missed a tackle and it was only the guy inside him. Was it Chambers or, or, or Nielsen inside of his... Or there, no, Chambers, Chambers? Inside yeah. Corabetti? Uh, and he, was it, I think it was Chambers, isn't it? And he just came across and absolutely fucking blasted the guy. That was no, coming. it's um, Fenua. Fenua. And he's yeah, and he absolutely blasted the guy coming down the touchline. Yeah. He, he just shot out like, like, like a. Like and a, that's what he does. And like a vintage Steve Matai, <laughs> with no purpose or directional no. accuracy in where that's he was right. going. He um, it's like a know, kid who watches Matai play and is like, I, I want to see him do well line. because Addy's you know in full flight. He's he's fucking impressive to watch. But in attack, he was incredible. I mean, there was he scored two tries, but there were some opportunities there where he almost fucking got away a couple of times. Sure. At more. But he, if he doesn't improve his his defence, and you know, you know, Craig Bellamy has a Bellamy has knows. a history of of educating uh, people as to the way that a, a game plan needs to be carried out, and yeah, he educated Fenua. <laughs> cover this fucking useless yeah. gun on your outside, will you? And Fenua has his issues as well. So yeah. you know, if you it's amazing how little if you're going to score exploded. points anywhere against Melbourne, it's going to be down that side. Especially, especially now, yeah. So. Yeah, I I think if he's still in the side come finals time, and there's every chance he might be given their uh, given some of their injuries, etc. Um, I think some of the better sides might be having a look down Corey Betty's wing. You know, Jamie Lyon and fucking Petty could be just salivating. Yeah. <laughs> Benny two seven seven k at the Stanford Simon event. 
Lazy Tiger supporters. In saying that, the Titans would have posted 36,796 <laughs> in attendance. Yeah, I, I, I expected to win. And, and that was before I realised Brooks wasn't going to play. But having said that, I, I expected the game to be a lot closer. And I, I wanted the Tigers to play with a lot more passion um, than what they did. I, I don't think they gave up. And I know that they tried valiantly. But um, some of the errors they made, some of the missed tackles as the game wore on, weren't indicative of of the side that, that wanted to play for Simon Dwyer and then it was Simon's you know, a game that was to mark Simon's uh plight and, and raise money for him. And the people of Campbelltown, you wanna say, you know, hurtful things about me, Nathan, but you know, they get four games a year and, and you can say what you want about the opposition, but you know, it, that just means if, if they put, you know, a Tigers para game yeah. Then the crowd's padded to a certain extent with para fans. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if That's you're right. getting twenty five thousand, um, if you're getting a fifty fifty split of fans to the game, well, and it's if, a, a if you're getting fifteen thousand mm. to a, a a Tigers Canterbury game yeah. or a Tigers para game, yeah, and you're getting seven thousand to a Tigers Melbourne game. I think that you're probably getting 8,000 para fans. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're actually losing your home field advantage. Exactly. So, um, it should have been a minimum 15,000 people. They should have packed that house for that kid. Um, and that whole Simon Dwyer situation has been handled from start to finish, uh, well, from start to almost finish, mm-hmm. really fucking appallingly by the Tigers and the NRL. Um, right from the very beginning when he first did it and they walked the poor bastard off the fucking field. Yep. Um, and it, it's nice they raised a couple of hundred grand for him and I hope it goes a long way towards his recovery and I hope he makes a full recovery and, he, and he's not seriously affected by that injury for the rest of his life but um, you know I just one thing I other, the other thing I want to touch on but I'll finish on Simon Dwyer uh, just, just now um, the Tigers were really almost shamed into this yeah, with yeah, the McKinnon were. thing, yep. and and Dwyer went into the media, and and his dad's been fairly vocal. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if if his father, um, to his credit, some good parenting, as um as for Simon's hand there with the way he went to the media, yeah, um, uh, post Alex McKinnon's injury, but um, he's he really forced not so much forced a hand, but he he made it known yep. that no one was doing fuck all for him. Mm-hmm. And here we are, you know, we've raised a couple of hundred, hundred grand. They gave money away for tickets. But why? Why is it taking so long? Do you reckon the Tigers played so poorly because they got so many young kids brought up into the side? And, you know, these young kids, uh, you know, pre, pre, you know, uh, post, post the Simon Dwyer's era and they just think, oh, you know, well, it's, that's, a, that's just the guy with the gimpy arm that presses play on the fucking video and training. Why are we, what, what, why are we doing, why are we standing for him? What? What does that even mean? That's that's an ignorant comment, and <laughs> I, I just can't believe that you can speak such as. One thing I, I want to finish on for this game, and it, it, I use this game in ex, as an example, but there are um, tackles that happen in every single game. But I want to speak about lifting in tackles, um, and specifically, you know, the arm between the legs, and um, but but any sort of lifting tackle where the player is lifted off the ground, um, it's it's not being it's not being enforced 
by the by the referees on the field. It's not being punished harshly enough by the NRL. But the onus really has to fall on the fucking players. And I'm starting to think that they may actually be some of the dumbest motherfuckers on the on the face of the planet when you know, if you can't learn from the Alex McKinnon situation and you can't look at round nineteen and you know, everyone was there with their wristbands and let's rise for Alex and, and it was all warm and fuzzy, but then every fucking game there's someone lifting a leg and someone putting their hands between the legs in the tackle and lifting and, and people being put in dangerous positions. I don't know what the fuck it's going to take. I, I don't know in, in a few years' time where we're going to have, you know, from round 1 to round 26 is going to be, you know, rise for Alex or meditate for Matthew or fucking jerk off for Jeremy or something raising fucking money for someone that's had their neck or back fucked because people are cockheads and can't fucking learn <laughs> not to lift in tackles. You know, the Storm players are coached to do it, and they will be until such time as it's made illegal completely. And you know what? I had some fairly heartfelt things to say about Jordan McLean. Yeah. That motherfucker's still lifting in tackles. Mm-hmm. Now, if one anyone is going to go, you know what, I'm never going to lift in another tackle forever, even if it means the end of my fucking career at the I've Melbourne learned, Storm. I've learned my lesson. I'm not going to do it because I'm not prepared to put a colleague into that position where they may have their neck broken. Because you know what? I've been there once before. And, uh, and no, nope, there he is lifting tackle. Like, give me a fucking break, you morons. <laughs> and the NRL needs to clamp down. The referees need to enforce it. And the fucking coaches need to come up with better game plans and better ways to win games rather than wrestling the fuck out of each other. But let's face it. Bellamy's entire fucking career has been made on on inventing new ways to to, to cheat, uh, you know, without being caught. You know what? Craig Bellamy works for the Melbourne Storm. The Melbourne Storm essentially work for the fucking NRL. So if the NRL had some balls, they'd go down there and say, this is how the game's going to change. And it's going to change, let's say, from next season. So you've got from now and all of this off-season to fucking come up with a new way of play. And all you other cunts that are wrestling and lifting in tackles have the same amount of time. And next season, anyone that so much as fucking grabs a fucking hair on someone's leg, automatic two-game suspension. Automatic. Yeah, it's the only way it's going to stop it. Yeah. And that's where it starts. That's where every tackle that goes wrong, that's where it starts. Someone lifting a leg. That, that's it. You'd have to, they'd have to lift the leg first before you could do any sort of penalties. Otherwise, you can't tackle anybody around the legs. No, I was, I, was being, yeah. I was trying to be yeah. facetious. But so, you but lift yeah. a leg, it's a penalty, two-game suspension. Yeah. It's I can, harsh. I can, I can but live with that. You know what else is harsh? Having your fucking neck broken. Yeah, it's pretty harsh. Having to blow in a straw to say good morning. That's fucking harsh, Nathan. <laughs> I'm Glenn Blakely. <laughs> uh, where are we? Uh, Warriors suck balls. <laughs> Tigers owned by the purple cheats at home. Stick a skewer up the ass and roast. These big pussies are done. Hash Tigers in decline. Ben Zed. Hash Tigers in decline rolls on. A storm along with cows surging at the right time. Precision of Kronk is amazing. Hash Kronk of the year. Andy underscore I'll tell you who's a new fucking Cooper Kronk fan. Yeah. Jackson Blakely. Oh no. Jesus fuck. Fucking dangerous path for him to start walking down. Starts talking about the sinews in his body and the fucking all that shit. You just need to fucking lift him into the next one. Tell you. Andy underscore Zeegs. Very weak effort by fans of Hash Tigers in Decline last night. With that turn up, Hash Bravery in Decline. 
Speaking of precision, that's fucking Ben Roberts' cross kick for fucking Corvetti. That's a pinpoint shit. Greatest fucking play in the history of Ben Roberts. <laughs> Previews, uh, match of the round again, Friday night football. Um, oh, let me guess, no, no chance of watching it live in Queensland, unless you just stream it. And blow, just stream away, guys. It's fuck Channel 9. The mighty Manly Seagulls take on the Rabbleos at the SCG. And uh, this one. A good test for South to see, uh, see where they are, I think. I agree. Um, I think South will be looking forward to this game. Uh, given that Manly have, have proven to be the benchmark of the competition over the last couple of months, and, and they're the team that everyone's chasing. They're way out in front. And, um, you know, I think uh, Michael Maguire will have South ready and primed uh, to, to gauge where they're at. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to mean fuck all, because I think Manly going to win. I think Manly going to win as well. I mean, you have to wonder at one point, I mean... Such a mentally strong side, but you have to wonder at one point where they, you know, as the season winds down and they've got you know x amount of points lead on other teams, and you know, whether they clock off or you know whether even you know get towards the end and two of you even you know give some guys a breather. Uh, it's not going to happen just yet because we're just too many games away from the end. But at the moment, four points unless over four points over Penrith and six points over the rest. Unless minimum. Manly, have, you know, unless they've got players that have got pre-existing injuries, or I don't think that anyone's going to be rested. I don't know that Tuvi's that guy. Yeah, he doesn't seem to be. He certainly wasn't top, that type of player. No, absolutely not, yeah. Um, so, it, you know, I would suspect that that would translate into his coaching. So, um, I, I don't think anyone that, that's fully fit is uh, is going to be rested at this stage of the season. He'll keep them going and, and keep fine-tuning them. Um, Burgess named... Sam Burgess, yep. Oh, I'm oh, sorry, oh, yeah, it's a fucking stupid thing to say Burgess, isn't yeah. it? Talking about South. Sam Burgess name. I think, you know, they'll test Luke Keary and um, and I think Lottie Takiri can expect some traffic down his wing and I just think there's a couple of little weak links there. Uh, Keary's defence is going to be tested. They're going to find him in the line and um, they're going to keep running at him and then, you know, Takiri's going to be made turn and chase all night. So, uh I just think a couple of little chinks in the Rabbitohs' armour there that Manly could exploit and probably come away with a win. Jorge Tafua back in the side, at least named anyway. We'll see what, what happens. And uh, Justin Horro returns from suspension, returning on the bench though. Obviously, Tuvi's still uh, impressed with the, the form of Tommy Simons. In the oh, he has been going well. He's been fucking fantastic, and Horro hasn't had a great year. Uh, I think Manly going to win this one, keep uh, trotting along their way. I don't think South is the, scene that the team they were last year. I mean, they're certainly getting better this year, and they're you know getting into the position where they you know they're looking like they're finishing the top four. I think they're but building nicely, yeah. South, but they are a different team, and they they seem to be um, less of that aura about yeah. them. You know, they have been beaten up this year. Yeah, yeah, a few times. Okay. Also on Friday night, the Brisbane Broncos take on the Bulldogs at Suncorp. I'll be at this game um, with my friend Troy, who is a Bulldog supporter, and he will be carrying on like a right gronk. And uh, this one, Bulldogs are going to break their slide here, I would imagine. Broncos, sinking ship, struggle to win well, another game this season. If if the Bulldogs don't turn up to play, and they don't improve... Uh, the way they've been playing over the last few weeks, the Broncos will beat them. The Broncos have enough structure 
in enough you know field position percentage uh, and and completion rates uh, when they when they're on their game to to you know handle the Bulldogs quite quite easily the way the Bulldogs have been playing it's yeah. it's when the Bulldogs you know put their you know the class of their halves um, and the size of their forwards and uh, you know the, the work through the ruck it's it's when they if they are on song there then the Broncos won't be able to go with them but the Bulldogs haven't done that for a month so the, the Broncos certainly aren't without a chance I am leaning towards tipping the dogs uh, because I just I don't think you know with Josh Morris Reynolds Hodkinson Ennis and that forward pack they just can't play like that forever so I, yeah. I think Broncos the, the, the Broncos don't want none of this and you know with Ben Barber up in the line now he's just going to get fucking trampled by some fat cunts and Although yeah. Barber has been building into into some better form, and uh, what better team that to to have his best game of the season against? If they they want to crack the mystery of their their points drawing up though, because if it continues on, they I mean like six points, four points, eight points, ain't enough mm. to win a game against the Bulldogs. No way. Yeah. Newcastle Knights take on Melbourne Storm at Hunter on Saturday afternoon, five thirty. The Knights do not have a fucking hope in hell of winning this game, and uh, Melbourne will score far more points in this game than they did even against the Tigers. Melbourne by 20. North Queensland Cowboys take on the West Tigers up there at 1,300 teeth. Uh, Brooks named. Richards named. Both. Well, Richards certainly fucking highly doubtful. Brooks, Potter's expecting him to play. And whether he's 100% or not is another thing. I like our bench. Um, still... I'm not convinced on Dean Hallitau. I love Hallitau as a player and he's been a loyal servant to the club. Um, and he's and he's come back this year, had his issues with injuries. It just interchange off the bench to fill in at hooker or, or do some dummy half running, great. But as a starting second rower, at the moment, I think he lacks a bit of size. I don't think he has the same speed that he had. Um, solid defender, don't get me wrong. But um, yeah, we need Brooks um, and we need his combination with Moses. I'm not saying we're without a shot here. We 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 do have a a pretty good record. We have won games against the Cowboys up there uh, when we've been well below our best. So we're not without a shot, but we're going to have to improve a hell of a lot. And we are coming backing up off Monday Night Football, which is never a good thing. Yeah. I mean, the Cowboys rolling into a bit of form. I think the Tigers still... Look, I, I hate to break it to you, but I don't see the Tigers winning another game this season, to be honest. Even though we finished with Canberra and Cronulla. Yeah, don't yeah. think you're going to win another game this season. I think Canberra probably got your number, and uh, Cronulla certainly do, and uh, the Cowboys absolutely do. Parramatta Eels take on the Canberra Raiders. In Darwin. TIO Stadium. Wasn't there a song? I don't know. TIO? Mate, I'm not picking up what you're putting down. You have to sing it. In the 80s? T- no. What were you thinking T- of? Tiamo. Is it Tiamo? <laughs> Something I love so. It's beautiful, isn't it? Uh, I guess. I've got half a nasty singing that. Um, <laughs> fuck the Raiders. Jared Hayne is going to kill them single-handedly. Jared Hayne's going to get a hat-trick, and if he doesn't get a hat-trick, he's going to probably get, you know five try assists <laughs> you know like if he doesn't score him he's fucking dishing to someone to score him and you know someone likes of you know Red Radra 
this game is going to be as ugly, maybe not quite as ugly as the game last weekend against the Warriors, but it's going to be pretty fucking ugly. And I can see the Eels touching 36 to 40 points easy. What happened to Mano Mao? He, uh, is he broke going back to jail? For, no, no, he broke, out, he broke something out for the season, I think. Oh, that's yeah. Okay. That happened a long time ago. That happened yeah, I knew, ago, I knew yeah. he's been here for a while. But um, yeah, this, I mean, no more time spent on this game. I mean, without Fensum, you know, loss for the season. People say we know nothing about rugby league, God. but we know that the Eels are going to kill the Raiders. Oh, you believe it. Bill Tupo in the in the, uh, the Canberra lineup, so there's a fucking avenue there for a million tries to go down as well. New Zealand Warriors take on the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks at Mount Smart Stadium on Sunday afternoon at 2. I can't see the Sharks winning this. Warriors. It's in New Zealand. Warriors have scored a thousand points last week, and yeah. uh, I, I just think that um, at Mount Smart, they're they're yeah. uh, you know, it's their best they're their best New Zealand beast. stadium. They're a different beast there, and uh, you know their their attacking form would be far too much for the Sharks to handle. Yeah, I can't see the Sharks turning it around. Hey, what happens if um, if Jackson realizes his dream and plays the NRL? Yeah. Right. Um, imagine in. 11 years' time mm. when he's going to make his debut for the Broncos, apparently, um, in the 5'8 position. Uh, and, he's, and he's not a great defender, which yeah. you do like to point out about certain players. Yeah. Is that going to be... That's going to be fairly awkward on the show. Yeah. I'll still call it how it is. Really? Yeah. You fucking bag out my son. <laughs> yeah, well, if he, if, if, he goes, if he goes to the game and, you know, whoever he's playing for, and they lose the game by, like, you know, 10 points... And he's directly missed three tackles that have led directly to tries. You wouldn't gloss over it because it's Jackson? Oh, I'd want to, but I mean... You have no love for my child. What I'm saying is, if he played so badly that there was no way to gloss over it, you know what I mean? Like, there is ones where you can just go, yeah, fucking, you know, the team didn't put him, like, you know, like, you can give yeah. you, you can do that one. If it's just like one, you know... If he poor carriages it. But if he, like, just carriages it, I mean, how do you get away from that? Fuck, that's gonna be awkward, isn't it? Because you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to give, you know, hit some real talk too. Yeah, I'll, I'll have you like that's my son, and I, and I, I love him and everything. I told but, him, but I told but him we should play for the Tigers, and this is what happens when you play for the Broncos. But I mean, it's he was drunk. Yeah, he was like, he, he was like <laughs> fucking Scott Minto out there. <laughs> you know, like if he had like a Justin Hodges in his Origin debut, like oh. you know, that kind of thing, like. <laughs> Which a lot of people forget that New South Wales still didn't actually win that game because that was a game where Lottie got a hat trick or something. I think, but um, he certainly scored the winning try, but uh, or, you know, the ceiling try. But um, yeah, if you had that kind of game, and just like, yeah, it's gonna be tough. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the thought of us still doing this show in eleven years' time. Fucking, we'd want to be making, we'd want to be doing it as our as like a business then. Be doing it from fucking jail after I fucking murder you. <laughs> you had fucking five years. I'm just trotting you out fucking weekend at Bernie style. St. <laughs> George, Illawarra Dragons versus the Penrith Panthers. I keep saying it, but I've got a soft spot for Penrith. And uh, I want to keep tipping them. And then I look in the number seven jersey and I see Jamie Soward. And I think, what the fuck am I thinking? But I'm still going to tip the Panthers. Yeah, I can't see the Dragons winning, winning this. I don't rate the Dragons at all. At least the Dragons are doing something wrong in life. Yeah, I think the the Panthers forwards will handle the Dragons fairly comfortably and uh, and see how it's kicking game, see how it's got all the uh, all the motivation in the world to, to have a good one against the Dragons. Uh, Moylan, Mansour, Vare, Idris, there's enough there's enough firepower in the outside backs to put some points on and um, and see how 
should be able to keep the Dragons at bay with his kicking game given the, the Panthers' field position. Tim Grant makes his return potentially. It's a very, very, very extended it bench is there. Extended, but uh, he's in the 17 bench. at this stage. So, uh, who knows, maybe he might get a run before he uh, fucks off the South next year. <laughs> Sydney Roosters take on the Gold Coast Titans Monday night foot bitch Allianz Stadium. Roosters, Monday night, Gold Coast is the opposition, Allianz Stadium, 6,000 people. Minimum. Maximum. Sorry. Maximum, yeah. I, um, Matt Chechen and Henry Perrin are the referees. Probably the gronkiest fucking combination you could ever s- stick together. Oh, it is Monday night. No one's watching. Um, the Titans have zero chance in this game. Uh, the Roosters starting to find a little bit of form. Uh, yes, they've got their issues with injury with, with Jake Friend out. Heath Lestrange comes in and he brings... Premiership sk- winner. He does bring some skills to the table. He's not Jake Friend and he won't have the same impact on, on the side that Friend has, but... Uh, I think he's an able replacement, and there's enough, there's enough firepower, enough talent, uh, within if through the halves and the and the backbone of the Roosters to get the job done. And the forwards certainly know what their job job is. Um, Jack, oh, I almost called him by his proper name. Letters and Sam Moa up front will uh, will gain the early advantage, and fuck Maloney and Pierce will do the rest after that. I think. Zillman at fullback. Gold Coast flogging coming up. The only thing that can save the Titans is the uh, the sack coach factor. Yeah, but he stood down. Does that negate it? Oh, I, I still don't see any any way that the Titans can get over the top of the Roosters. No, neither. And that is full time for episode 166. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. And on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. So make sure you hit the like button, share the stuff around. Spread the good word. iTunes, speaking of the good word, got a review this week from someone by the name of Lizard Chili. Best NRL podcast, five stars. Finally found some league talk worth listening to. If you're sick of ex-players that can't string a sentence together, try this one. They don't take anything too seriously, but also have quality analysis. A couple of non-ex-players that can't string a sentence together. (laughs) Exactly. But also have quality analysis on NRL news and games and good interaction with fans as well. I wouldn't like to go so far as calling them fans, but like listeners. Yeah. Probably a better way to put it. Uh, Tipping. Shane Aaron Elvis still maintains a one game lead over second place we have three people tied on second David Kingston CA Photo and Whitey one point further back we have Desi's Ducks Smithy Fire Voodoo Rock the defending champion three card magic trick and GT John and Kylie M sneaks into the 10 on uh, 103 points off the lead Fantasy The Wendells at the top still too much tuna mighty doggy sarcastic pricks dingbats mischief nz underscore magpie 54 drops a little sticky fingers virgo cjs and the sea eagle assassins and finally of course with the shop still clearing out the old revelation shirts tigers in decline shirts appropriate as always and um i think as we get closer to uh, you know over the next couple of weeks we might have a bit of fire sale on the on the old stuff yeah just get it the fuck out of there i think Some that's a good idea 2015 yeah sure and uh, you know, same might go. You know, memberships as well. Do we do we ever discount a membership, or do we no, say no? We don't no, sully. Could... We do not sully the value of a membership. Of a membership. All right. So the memberships, as as you know, there's only I think there's only probably about thirteen maybe left total. Well, there's no way I'm counting the fucking shirts. Let me tell you. 
yeah, so there's about 13 memberships left, so you, you want to get in quickly and uh, get on board because uh, who knows, we might do something nice for the people, the foundation members. Might do something for them going forward as well that uh, holds them above yes. the latecomers and the fucking bandwagon. Special cuddles. Exactly, exactly. So that is it. That's all we got time for. So anything to add before you crash your car for the night? Um, I just, I really need the Tigers to win. What, for your soul or? For my soul and I just, it's fucking hard. It's hard to get up and go to work. <laughs> it's hard to listen to the fucking myriad of phone calls that I get every fucking Monday and then they come, well, if we play Monday night, they come in on a Tuesday and when they're still coming Thursday. How about those Tigers, eh? Ha, ha, ha. Fuck off, is my response. <laughs> I love Tuvi what he said in the press conference after the game when he said, um, he said, look, you know, I don't really care. How to, I don't really care how they win. They won. And, uh, you know, it, it, set, you know, it set, sets up a good weekend for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. For, playing on Friday night is great because you sort of, you know, you can have a great weekend or Unless you, you lose. Whole weekend. Fucking... Anyway. Yeah. I am. Regardless of what happens with the Tigers, I still have the Springfield Panthers under seven whites. Uh, and they're not in decline. They are definitely not in decline. Those little Spot your best efforts as coach. Fucking please. I'm, I'm a motivator of men. Little teeny tiny men. They go out there like soldiers and they do their fucking jobs. And I love them. <laughs> That's it. Talk to you next week. See ya. <laughs>